Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Pro Exotics. I've been herping since I was a boy, and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin and Markland and I create the Reptile Report. The Reptile Report is our online news aggregation site bringing you the most up-to-date discussions from the reptile world. Visit TheReptileReport.com every day to stay on top of the latest reptile news and information. We encourage you to visit the site and submit your exciting reptile news, photos, and links so we can feature outstanding breeders and hobbyists just like you. The Reptile Report offers powerful branding and marketing exposure for your business, and the best part is it's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex, weight, morph, or other keywords and use our buy it now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the Marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad that also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buying or selling? Use shipyourreptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit TheReptileReport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder. Then visit ShipYourReptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile-related. another episode of Morelia Python Radio with only two episodes left for the year. We were going to have a Carpondro <coughs> show tonight. Um but, but we <laughs> Yeah, but 
Uh, Owen uh, protested immensely to the Carpondro episode. Not. Well, not. <laughs> not and, enough uh, to cancel it. <laughs> we had to postpone. No, the the uh, the guest lineup uh, was not there, and they right, couldn't well, make it. I'll, I'll make up for it right now. If you okay. go on to Bradley's pick of the week, okay. Bradley's Trophy Cub Club has put a picture of Gamma Eleven, a Diamond Jungle Jaguar, breeding to Speedy, which is a fifty percent Carpondro. And you can look at that and ponder the hell that's gonna make. <laughs> but, so there you go. We've now discussed Carpondros on yeah. the show. <laughs> Gam- Gamma Line Jag Pondros. If you will. Yes. So well, yeah. We've never we've never really gone in depth about them, and it is a part of the Morelia culture. Uh, you know, on the on the on the outskirts, those rebels, if you will, <laughs> that uh, want to those live guys, on edge. Yeah. And diamond jungle jags are not enough. They need more. Oh God, <laughs> where will it end? This zebra pondros. <laughs> Uh, can you imagine a zebra jag Bolins? <laughs> what the hell? Why would you say someone's going to hear that? Yeah, I know. It's trouble. Um, so we, we're going to have a... Before, before, we, before we get into that, um, we did have the Bolins show last week, and uh, I resisted. Um, you didn't. So Yeah, I had the bug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have the bug. So it yeah. looks like the 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 one thing that I said is that I was going to have a trip to Australia uh, before I got a pair of Bolins. But I decided well. in, in 2016, 2016, I'm going to have both I'll a have pair of Bolins both. and a trip to Australia. So. <laughs> Life's too short for choices, we'll my friend. Yeah. Screw it. Do it myself. Yeah. yeah. Why not? So I I intend to... Definitely play with yours, and uh, you're not allowed to let me buy some. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't have them yet, but you know, you know how I worked that, you know, that edge before trying to figure out, you know, where they come from and how to get them and all that of course. kind of stuff. You line you know. up and get them, and then you take the time to figure out, you know, how you're going to keep them, where the hell you're going to put them. I mean, you have diamonds. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that is a pretty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, awesome. how it really kind of rolls. Yeah, but it's 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 funny that that is not the norm. That like, oh yeah, well I research and figure out where I'm going to put them and how I'm going to keep them. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. Other people just grab them and see what the hell happens. Like that. Yeah, right. Not how that should be. Yeah, so you well, know that's wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, right. The cool thing is, is that um, I was uh, listening back to that show. Um, yeah. There was so much that was going on, and uh, first of all, I felt bad for both um, Casper um, because obviously it was, I don't know, 4 o'clock in the morning, I think. 4 o'clock in the morning, yeah. You know, and, um, you know, it just, he he, he wilted out, and uh, he didn't didn't make it all the way through, but that's totally understandable, and Frederick, the poor guy, had to work in like 15 minutes after he hung up. Yeah, you said he had... (laughs) He's like, I have to go to bed so I can sleep for an hour before we have work. I'm like, what the hell, guys? It's like, yeah, we suck. Yeah. I mean, dragging them, but we'll have to do another show where we do, I guess, their time. We could be doing a show at like four o'clock in the afternoon or something. So yeah, yeah. 
Jeez. Yeah, because I'd like to talk to Frederick again. But, you know, I tell you, um, one of the people that really intrigued me was Keith. And um, yeah. he had, uh, you know, when we were going back and forth about topics for the show, uh, Keith had some good questions and some insight in uh, his keeping um, mm-hmm. that I thought would be good to talk one-on-one with him. So he's going to be coming on after our break. He'll be the first guest back on January 12th. Uh, we're going nice. to be talking Baldwin's Pythons with uh, Keith McPeak, so that will be uh, will be That's pretty awesome. cool. Yep. I can't believe we only have two more shows left. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, two more shows. <laughs> um, so I meant to ask you, and I guess we're on air. I might as well ask you on air so that everybody will stop bugging me. Uh, calendars are coming soonish. Yeah. Um, okay. The, uh, basically, they're off being printed. Um, it should be here okay. probably, I would think probably uh, maybe the beginning of next week. And um, okay. probably this weekend I'll gather up everybody's info and uh, okay. we'll get them. So. Once, once they come in, we'll put out the word about people who want to buy them who did not win the competition. I was getting bugged by a few people asking me if I was going to have them at Hamburg, which I brought them to shows before, and you guys just stare at them. So I smack you guys with calendars, I swear to God. So, well, clearly um, we we planned this poorly because it would probably do. be very beneficial to have calendars in December <laughs> at the Reptile Show. <laughs> Why do we? I mean, <laughs> it's not like we've been doing this for four years. Oh yeah. wait, God uh, damn it. <laughs> I know we tried to do it uh, before Tinley the one year, and that didn't work out. That didn't work, yeah. I, I don't know when the right time to do it is, because obviously people aren't, people aren't thinking about calendars in, you know, in September. They're like, what? <laughs> what, you, what? Say, we, we, say, we have to do the calendar show in, like, August. So yeah. Like, but I always whatever. forget the, uh, you know, how long it takes to get it together. So, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... We'll get it, all right? We'll figure it out. <laughs> so uh, tonight, um, yep. we figured we'd do a continuation of the breeding season updates, uh, kind of like what I did for myself uh, when I did the solo. <laughs> um, but tonight, right. we're going to do E.B. Morelli and Rogue Reptiles and uh, talk about the hopeful pairings and some of the action that we've seen to date um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um so, you know, um, I think uh, breeding season is kind of like, it kind of like rushed, like, usually I'm very, like, ready for it, and, you know, it seems like smooth, but I just realized, mm-hmm. like, the other day that I'm like, oh, shit, it's the end of November. <laughs> I can start I putting steaks together. <laughs> this is, we're, we're locked in, man. Um, yeah. Time is so, now. It's, oh, yeah. It, it, it seems to have come out of like left field all of a sudden. It's like, and, I, and you think it's, you, you can't say that though because you you know it's been coming. You just been like, eh, it's a little ways off, it's a little ways off. Oh shit, it's here. So it's like, it, it definitely seemed to creep up on us this year. I mean, we we had Tinley, we had all the other stuff. I mean, a, a lot of times if you're not uh, a breeder that is out there doing shows and various other things, or have a podcast show, you can kind of see it coming and take your time and kind of time it out. Other times it just sneaks up on you. And, of course, breeding season is very long and involved, so by no means does it, like, ruin you just because you're, like, a week behind or whatever. It's 
you know, right. we'd have to be a couple months behind for that. I mean, wasn't it something that Nick said to us the one year? He goes, I don't understand. You guys keep doing it, like, earlier and earlier. And I'm like, eh, it can wait a month. And it's like, he goes, I'll out <laughs> later. And he's like, oh, shit, I better get that done. So it's, yeah. it happens. Yeah, it's, you know, I don't know. I used to hate this time of year, but now that, you know, I'm breeding snakes, I really like this time of year. It's kind of weird how that all changed. Um, <laughs> That's because you work in retail. Like, yeah, I, I just I, I, I hate this time of year, man. I just do, you know. If you work in retail long enough, you just despise the holiday. Because it's not a holiday to you, you know. It's a holiday to everybody no, no, else. No, no, you're, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Eric's putting up he, Christmas decorations and he's pissed off. <laughs> God <yeah>. damn <laughs> Yeah. And you have people coming in and, and it's Thanksgiving Day and they want, you know, uh, they want to cook a turkey that afternoon and all you have is frozen turkeys. And, you know, then they start getting mad at you. I mean, you know, clearly they poorly, they, they planned their holiday poorly and now they, they want to blame somebody. Poorly. So they're going to blame me. <laughs> yeah. God, see, uh, I, that's that's when Owen's fired because he took a shovel. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know how long you would last at that kind of job. Not, it's, not it's, a day. Not a it's day. You, it's good that you work where you do. <laughs> Funny <laughs> thing <it> is, <laughs> yeah, right. Funny <laughs> thing is that uh, so it's the holidays, and we were talking before the show before the show started how busy. Yeah. Busy it's been, um, you know. Usually we're like talking every day on the message thing and going back and forth, and like quiet. we haven't. It's been quiet. Yeah. Nobody's talking to anybody, you know. And it's like uh, we're just all, you know, involved in whatever's going on. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, the one thing I was, I'm sitting there at uh, Thanksgiving dinner, right, and I'm drinking, um, you know, the uh, apple pie with my dad. You know, the moonshine oh. apple pie. Oh. I mean, that jar that I'm staring at right now, right there, there it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that stuff. That, so I'm that sitting stuff, there and I, I love it. So. <laughs> I said to my dad, I said, you know, Dad, uh, me and Owen have been talking, and, you know, we're very similar to each other, just like Owen and his dad. It's very He's like an older version of Owen, and you're an older version yeah. of me. So I said, you yeah. know what would be pretty comical is that no, if you no. guys hosted the show, no. and we no. took off, <laughs> I refuse. and he's like, he says, wow, that'd be pretty great. I think I would do no. that. And I said, no, no, <laughs> no. And the problem is now is that people are going to listen to this episode and I'm going to have to deal with this bullshit. No, <laughs> not happening. Yeah. I, I said, I, I refuse to let that man unsupervised around you people. <laughs> I said, Dad, I'll just, you know, I'll click you on and, and you know, Owen's dad can call in and, uh, you know, they just oh, go to town. God, and, no. You can talk no, about your no. keeping of reptiles and <laughs> your, your dad kept reptiles. My dad probably stepped on a few. I mean, like that's not how that works. <laughs> so, uh, that's right. I gotta uh, keep it down. You'll hear me. So it's like, uh, <laughs> hell no. I thought that was Dear funny. Uh, God. So uh, maybe maybe I'll allow that for like the fifth anniversary show where there's nothing going on. But for the love of God, no. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, uh, so yes. Um, what else was? Oh shit! Where's my list? There it is. Okay. So. Oh, we even have a list uh, for the show. Well, you know, you got to keep organized. You don't stay <laughs> Things go astray quickly, as Man we've Archie. learned. <laughs> we've yeah, learned. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, what show we don't do a 
freaking draft. Yeah, I know. Anyway, continue. Disaster. <laughs> Down in flames. Um, yep. Yeah. It's over. So we um uh we are yeah, we're gonna basically break down um, you know, uh what we're doing and uh mm-hmm. you know what's going on and everything. So my first question is um, Go for it. The the actually let me let me pause that for a second. There is okay. something that I wanted to talk about before um we get into our breeding season and yeah. is the shipping window. Um Oh, dear lord. <laughs> so I just wanted to throw out there, just so people know this and understand this, is that mm-hmm. um Nick Mutton actually is the one that turned me on to this, is that you do not ship during a holiday. You just don't do it. No no shit. No shit. Why is that a brand new concept? You you don't <laughs> ship that week. You just don't do it. You don't um, do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was um the the uh the one girl, uh Stephanie uh Tully, um she had yeah. won the um uh the uh Jag had albino girl from me from yeah. the uh, auction for Bob. The, the Futo auction, yeah, yeah, okay. Yep. Um, which, yeah. by the way, has a group now. Um, we'll post the link up, and yeah. uh, we'll uh, so everybody can go over there. We did it on pick of the week, but it seemed to get lost, and then it was pinned, and nobody could find it. And so I think uh, Jason and Jeremy finally decided that they're, they're going to do a group page. And it's been kind of crazy, hectic for all of us. I know Jason was on vacation, so mm-hmm. we just hooked up. So uh, we'll send the links over so everybody can see what's going on. Um, anyway, uh, I feel bad because I tell her that I could ship, and I'm like, yeah, I can ship. And I'm not even thinking that it's no. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, oh, uh-huh. shit. You know? And I'm like, should I do it? Should I not do it? I'm like, no, no, man. I can't I can't do it. You know? I can't. Don't do it. I don't, don't want risk something it. to happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I told her, I told her, I said, listen, let's wait till after Thanksgiving. I'll ship it out Monday for Tuesday. Not even yeah. thinking about Cyber Monday. Oh, God, all the shipping <laughs> Amazons and craziness. All right. Yeah. So apparently, well, if you go to the Ship Your Reptiles um, website, there's a big, you you know, big thing at the top, and it says that, uh, you know, due to uh, – well, for one, they took away the insurance that their people are going to ship, and they strongly mm-hmm. recommend not shipping um, simply because I think they said that they, they're going to be guaranteed delays um, right in shipping because of the volume right. that shipped out uh, during right. the, well, once the once the truck is full it goes and the problem is is that if there are a lot of packages the truck gets full and goes and if they don't get a truck back to refill to send out before they shut down for the day all the boxes stay where they're at and if one of them is a live critter eh so yeah I don't know I wouldn't I wouldn't trust it. So here's my question to you. Do you officially have a date where you shut down, like it's shut down, no shipping, no matter what? Yes, and you no. You've done this longer than me, so I'm wondering <laughs> what your thoughts are. Yes, yes, and no. I used to do, like, I used to pull the plug um, a November, like, 15th and say, done, no more. But then, like, you, a couple weeks ago, like, or two weeks ago, it was, like, 60 degrees outside around here. Yeah. Like sixty five, so I'm like, nah, I could have shipped in this weather. So it's like, 
I don't actually ever pull the plug. I just will not ship. And it says on the website that we won't ship to a certain after a certain point or if the temperatures are a certain thing in certain areas. And I've never had a problem with this until last year, if you remember. Yeah. Um, last year, it is December 23rd, and I get contacted by somebody asking me to ship out an animal uh, that week uh, or, or the uh, that Thursday or whatever. And, of course, it was, like, Christmas Eve. And I'm like, uh, hell no. And they, first off, the whole thing was, oh, yeah, I really want this caramel and this other thing, and I really would like the price, and I really want this animal. And I'm like, all right, cool, we're going to have to wait till shipping, you know, till, till shipping gets a little bit warmer, we figure it out, whatever. He goes and he reads the website. Now, in the first email he sent me, he asked me about my uh, policies for DOAs. Now, if in your first email, if you ask about a policy <laughs> for DOAs, yeah. you're going to set off so many red flags, it is ridiculous. So that was a little weird, but I kind of went like, all right, well, whatever. Maybe he's just had a bad experience recently. So I told him, yeah, you can buy the caramel, you can buy this stuff. We're all set. We're all good. Um, he didn't pay me at all yet, and he wanted to have the animal shipped out. Uh, and I told him, yeah, we just have to wait for the weather to get good. He immediately fires me back an email saying that he no longer wants the animal and refuses the animals because my policies are way too strict, and I don't, he doesn't understand how I do business. And I'm like, well, all right, here we go. I didn't have anything to do tonight. Let's have fun. So it's like, <laughs> what do you mean? And it's, he's like, well, you know, I live up in this part of Maine, and the temperatures that you're wanting are completely, you know, uh, they won't be that warm till like, April. That's inadequate. I'm like, well, if you live in an area that's kind of cold, I'll have it shipped to the FedEx facility, and you can just pick it up there. But if you don't want the animals anymore, I totally understand that. And then dead silence. And then his wife emails me asking me that they want the animals. Could I work something out? And I said, I will not ship if I do not feel comfortable that the animal get there alive. I don't need your sale. I don't want your sale. This is how it's going to roll. And if you guys cannot wait until the weather has improved or you cannot ship by my standards, I don't care. That was the end of that email. Then I got another one back from him saying that if I could ship Thursday, he had a deal. My response was, on Christmas Eve, are you goddamn crazy, was my exact email I sent back to this guy. Because and he goes, I've had something like that. I don't care. I am not sending a package of live animals to be mixed in with everybody else's last-minute Christmas gifts that they've paid extra money to arrive at a person's house Christmas Day. Hell no. I don't know where that thing's <laughs> going to end up. Plus, it's December. It was a kind of a warm December down here, but mm-hmm. it was. I checked his thing. It was like almost negative numbers up where he was at. I'm like, hell no. So I lost the sale. Three weeks later, I went to a reptile show, <laughs> um, or, or it was the, the first show in February after uh, Christmas, sold both animals immediately. Wow. So it, it, I don't care. And the thing is, is that if people want the animal enough and they care about the animal enough, they will never, ever, ever complain about shipping requirements and that you're looking out to get the animal there alive. They will not care. If they 
are those people who start bitching about, you must ship it out Monday because I need it by Monday. Why do you need it Monday? Because I need it. Well, the weather is not going to, all right, I'll go somewhere else. Okay, bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Later. So, but from your question for shipping things, there are dates and windows that I will not ship at all. So probably around the 20th of December through till probably like the, the, the end of the first week of January, I'm not shipping anything. Even if it's a crazy-ass heat wave and it's 80 degrees in goddamn Pennsylvania, I won't do it. So normally I don't ship in those times anyway because of the weather. So right. normally if the weather outside is below 60, I don't like sending them out because even with a heat pack, it's still going to be cold. And depending on where they're going, uh, if it's below 60 there, I don't like sending it either. Because, you know, it's all depending on where they are and how many trucks can get that stuff. But I have had animals received in cold weather months. Mm-hmm. Um, like my my ruffies arrived in December, if you remember. Um, I once had a pair of Marukis uh, dropped off on my doorstep during a snowstorm, and which is weird because I didn't order Marukis. Um, so... That was another. Yeah. So, um, well, that's convenient. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it wasn't because these were. I I ordered a pair of baby um, Malukins and a pair of adult Marukis showed up on my front door. And I'm like, Wow, they got that oh, totally this is, wrong. This is wrong. <laughs> this is completely wrong. <laughs> these things are fucking huge. So it's yeah. Like, uh, which was that was hilarious because I had to ship them back in the same snowstorm. So it's like, it was just weird. But uh, it, there are certain weather conditions and certain dates. But uh, during the whole blackout, it just I call the window closed mm-hmm. because normally the weather is poor enough that I won't ship. But I don't make grandiose announcements that everything's done. Uh, but just kind of keep going. And I've yeah, I can't... buy animals in January and wait till like late February to have them shipped out to them. No big deal. Yeah. I mean, I've had animals shipped to me at, at in January. Um, you know, yeah. you get a little warm up a little bit enough that you could, you know, send something out. Um, mm-hmm. but for the most part for me personally, I I probably <clears throat> I I don't I just don't feel comfortable. That's kind of the same it's the temperatures, but rather than look at the temperatures every day. And I know it's probably bad, but I you know, I don't sell snakes for a living, so it's not like it's to me is is a a big deal if I have to hold them through oh, the yeah. mark till when it no, till it, when it starts it, to warm up, you know. It really isn't, and I've had people like email me the weather report for my own like town and tell uh-huh. me that I can ship, and I'm like, Mm-mm. like I've I've had people adamant that they want the animal and they want the animal shipped, and I'm like, it's 30 degrees outside. Um, next week it will be 60. You can't wait till next week. Right. So is there and, anything and that? Would, Oh, go ahead. Good. No, I was going to say, is there anything that you do when you're shipping out during the colder time to, you know, make the – you know, my question is always I see people, they punch a hole in the box. They don't punch a hole in the box. You know, some people say that if you punch a hole in the box, it activates the heat. If you don't punch a hole in the box, you know, it's like why would you build a house and then punch a hole through the wall, to, you know, to you let the draft well, they're, in. We, they're called windows. But anyway, um, the uh, – <laughs> The cause to get out of the house, duh. But the um, I will punch a hole in the box, uh, just to get airflow through. 
Because I yeah. also use the 72-hour heat packs in my boxes, regardless of where the hell it's yeah. going and how long it's going to be out there. So, yeah, like, almost... And that and that takes up almost one entire wall of, like, a baby box. Right. So, the snake is usually in a bag wrapped around a bunch of newspaper, and the heat pack is in this, like, newspaper pocket that I have taped to the wall, so it can't move. So, that's right. basically, like, a big hot spot for the snake. And if it's cold, it'll shimmy its little bag right over to the box, throw it over against the heat pack. Now... I'll punch holes in it so you get kind of some air circulation because I don't want it to get too hot because those things do start cooking. Now, there's some people that say they won't get, won't heat up without, you know, air circulation. Yes, I guess, but I always microwave my heat packs before I send them out. So they're already ripping and roaring by the time I put them in the box. So, because I'm I'm not going to wait for those things to cook up normally because that takes too damn long. So I usually pop it in the microwave for about 10 seconds, and then it starts just cooking. And it's it's a 72-hour pack. There is no, in no unless, I mean, unless the FedEx truck flips over on the freeway, there's almost no chance that an animal is out there for 72 hours. If it is, right. something has gone horribly wrong. Right. Like, I mean, horribly wrong. So <laughs> I, I don't mind jump-starting it, even though I've been told that it kind of takes away from the life of the heat pack. Not by that much. Yeah. So, right. Off they go, and then if I'm shipping in the wintertime, maybe I don't punch holes in the box. Or I punch one hole instead of, like, one on each side like I usually do. Right. So, you know, and then you can send them out that way. Yeah. I don't punch holes, um, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just that's my – I don't know if that's right or wrong to do, but that's just how I I do it. Do the animals arrive alive? Yes. Congratulations, you did it right. So yeah. it's like, I, well, it's a very stressful game. thing, you know. I mean, shipping oh, I animals it. is stressful. Oh my gosh. I, I've been like, and here's the thing: is that <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. If anybody, if any of you are listening, if you ever buy an animal from Owen, text him, you email him, you call him, you do something, you send up a goddamn pigeon. When the animal arrives alive and happy, <laughs> you freaking tell him. Yeah. <laughs> So, because I have so many people who are like, I'll let you know when it arrives. I'm like, okay, cool. Then they never freaking do. So I'm on the other side of my desk going, God damn it, I swear to God. And it's like, it's a little check mark where it's delivered. Now, I will start the stopwatch the second it says delivered, and I mm-hmm. won't stop it until uh, they contact me saying everything's okay. Because uh, I've had it several times where somebody's like, oh, yeah, it says it arrived, but I'm not home. I'm like, what do you mean you're not home? I got called into work. Why didn't you freaking tell me I wouldn't shipped out the animal? Well, it's kind of like a late thing, but my mom's coming to get it. When's she going to get there? Well, she'll be there about an hour. I'm like, this thing's outside, sitting on your doorstep for an hour. Yeah, you just lost your health guarantee and your live arrival guarantee. I hope you know that. Really? Yes. So you start the stopwatch because if anybody calls you saying that something went wrong, but mm-hmm. if they call you four hours down the road and say they just opened the box, um, what were you doing for four hours? You got to be there right. to receive the animal. It's like, no, dude. So, plus also I've had moments where, you know, they text me and they go, it says it's delivered, but I don't see it. I'm like, well, look around, dude. So, and then if nobody calls, I usually call it after five hours. And I understand somebody opens the box, there's the snake. Oh, it's all happy setting it up, doing other things. And then you go and live your life. So you you don't text or call the guy who shipped the damn thing to you. 
But right. you know, it's it's one of those things of like it's nerve wracking. I hate it. I really yeah. do. I mean, I it's like because you never want. I, I've had one DOA um, my entire shipping career, and that one was I sent a baby in a deli cup and I taped the heat pack on the ceiling instead of the wall. Heat pack fell, landed on top of the deli cup, and cooked the baby. Oh. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I always get nervous about that. That's why I always do it on the side. Yeah, I didn't think about that because I, I got one package from somebody who taped it on the ceiling. I'm like, that's a cool idea, and I tried to replicate it. Never done that again. So yeah. everything goes on the freaking side, and it's taped there so it can't flop around regardless because the seal, the, the the top foam keeps it in place and the bottom foam and then the tape to the side, so it doesn't move. It's a little pocket there. But, you know, you, obviously you learn from doing, and obviously that customer – contacted me immediately when he opened the box and it was DOA. He sent me pictures and a video, even though I didn't request it. And I sent him a replacement animal and an extra animal, and he's been completely happy with those two. And it ended on a very, very good note. You know, and I've had DOAs arrive here. I had uh, two baby blackface white lips arrive DOA. And, you know, either they give you a credit, they give you a replacement animal. It all depends on how you deal with these things. Bad mm-hmm. shipping things happen, you know, mistakes happen, and animals can die. So you got to understand how you're going to deal with that. But that's why it's always nerve-wracking, because you never want an animal to die, and you also never know how someone's going to take something like an animal dying or bad news yeah. like that. So Sure. Yeah, some people just don't understand that, you know, well, one, you're dealing with a live animal, and two, the conditions, mm-hmm. you know, that's why... I guess you have to be super, uh, super adamant about what you, what you're, you know, what you're going to ship in and what you're not going to ship in. But uh, yeah, what's well, that's what I kind of tell people. I mean, we we talked about this numerous times with people who are like getting into their own reptile business. It's always like stick to your guns, uh, stand by your name, stand by your product, stand by all this other stuff. And and, and basically, you got to be under. You got everybody's got to understand is that it's not the end of the world if you refuse to sell to somebody. And right. you don't don't get bullied into making a mistake. Don't get bullied into agreeing to shipping something when you're not prepared or not happy about it. Because that is when a mistake will happen and an animal will die. And now you're dealing with an irate customer who you shipped an animal to, even though they demanded it shipped to them. Um, and, I mean, you can say the things of, like, I don't guarantee live arrival. I don't guarantee a healthy animal. And that person will still get the dead animal, and then for all you know, they're going to be on the next fauna BOI cursing you out because you sent them a dead animal. So it's it's stick to your guns. If you lose a sale, you lose a sale. It's not that big a deal, um, and you'll feel much better afterwards. Nobody wants an animal to die in a box. So No. No, absolutely not. Um, exactly. So <clears throat> we... Uh, so now that we talked about that, we're going to talk yes. about uh, our breeding seasons uh, and, yes. and, and where we're at. So yes. I guess let's start with um, uh, one of the things that uh, comes up a lot is mm-hmm. the fact that when you move, you know, um, it's hard to transition your snakes. Uh, we, we all know. <laughs> we all know that you moved uh, a year uh, ago. 
basically around this time. So I guess yeah, my uh, question is, you know, yeah. like what's your experience has been? Do you see, you think your females are, are locked in or, or, you know, I don't know, do tell. I I still don't think that 100% of my guys are locked into the new room because you see certain things out of them. You know, you I, I've had uh, some minor respiratory issues the past month. Um, I've had a few guys acting a little cockeyed. I've had a uh, few animals. Um, they just didn't take the move well at all. And, of course, then I've had other animals that took it in stride. Perfect. Champs. Um, and it's almost like the older animals bounce back much quicker than the younger animals. Um, I have my adult female Paramel is breeding right now. She's been locked with her male for the past three days. And this is completely normal for Venus. She's always the first one to breed. She's always the first one to lay eggs. She's always the first one back on food. She's the one who lays the eggs in a pile and leaves them by the front door because she knows that, like, you know, male comes in, she's like, all right, cool, you get over here so that I can make the eggs because then he'll start feeding me again. So it's like she knows the ending and the score here. So... <laughs> right. Doesn't doesn't upset her at all. So she's dialed in. But then I have another female um Jag who it's their second year. She was supposed to go last year because of the move, she didn't really go. I think she ovulated, but I don't think she ovulated until way late after I'd already assumed the entire season was a bust. She wants nothing to do with her male. I'm not sure if she's dialed in right. And I have the same. I have. I've had more females throw snit fits to the fact that a male is in their cage this year than I have in any other year. So either I have horribly made a huge mistake, and four or five of my females are actually boys. Um, which <laughs> some of them are proven. Which you, some of them are proven females. So obviously it's not that bad. But. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or they're just not – we're not settled right. We're not clicking right. Now, it is really early on in the season. I've just started to kind of drop down, and I am still making adjustments to the snake room because, you know, this is – it's still kind of newish. I, I, you know, like you said, I've been here for a year as of the 15th of December. Mm-hmm. But this is a different winter than we faced last winter. There's different temperatures. There's different this, blah, 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 blah. We haven't really gotten into it. Plus, I find it that we usually have a worse January and February in Pennsylvania. I mean, that's when it's, like, deathly cold and there's, like, a couple inches of snow or a foot of snow or something like that. December, I've seen December go with no snow and barely any cold all the way through to Christmas. So, like I said, it's a little early, but who the hell knows? Um, but I would say that it, 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 we're still not dialed in to the way we were at the old place, but I was there for four years breeding there. This is only year one. (laughs) I don't even, I don't even want to call last year, year one. That was like half because we only got two clutches and those females were both proven females that, we're a little bit on the smaller side and what have you. Plus I gave my two biggest girls last year off. Anyway, we didn't even try to breed them. 
Right. So it's just one of those things where we're going to see how it goes. Plus, I this is the the weird thing is is talking with everybody else when you have a, you have the year you move. Everybody tells you no matter what you're going to have a shit year, complete shit year. You can move gravid females in March. You're still going to have a crappy year when you get to breeding season. And that's just because things aren't dialed in right. The rooms don't smell right. You can put them all back in the same exact cages. It, something throws them off. So, but what I've been hearing is that the year after, when everything's dialed in, when everybody's comfortable, all of a sudden it's like they make up for lost time. It's almost like if you have a female that has low uh, yield or viable eggs, you give her a year off and then you breed her again, she usually has a bigger clutch, a better clutch, or whatever, a healthier baby. So I've been told by many people that uh, I might take blow it out of the water this year. So who the hell knows? Um, <laughs> uh, but I guess I guess to compensate for last year, we are shooting for a lot more pairings. But mm-hmm. for right now, I think it's a little too soon to tell to see where we're at. But I, I like the sign so far. Uh, I've been seeing locks out of two pairs of coastal carpets already, and I've seen interest in various other um, pairs. I don't know what right. the porn snakes are doing. Um, nobody really cares anyway. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I've seen I've seen some stuff, and I've heard good things about the animals that I have on loan, except from you. <laughs> um, but the, everything else seems to be going okay, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, so... Um... I, st- I well I I started the um uh the official cooldown for me started this past Sunday. Um mm-hmm. what I've noticed I think I've said this on the show before but what I've noticed especially with my um collection and and where I'm from is that the weather really doesn't get cold until around mm-hmm. December. So yeah. I used to do it in November but um I sort of have you know, waited a little bit longer because I kept seeing these, you know, I mean, two weeks ago, it's like 65 degrees. I think yeah. at one point it was 70 degrees, which was crazy, yeah. you know? Exactly. Um, and I know that that's the outside weather, but, um, I don't know. I, I, to a certain extent, I think people that say that, you know, I hear this a lot. I used to hear this on reptile radio a lot that, um, they don't do anything, you know, they don't, they don't cool down. They don't do nothing. They just let them do it and they put them together and it is what it is. But I don't think that people realize how uh, much your room cools off when it gets cold outside. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, the room does naturally cool down. Um, And so, you know, I have, I have uh, heat going to my room that's specifically, you know, for that room. Um, so it maintains an ambient temperature of like 80 degrees, you know, and I just basically click that off at night and, you know, the colder it gets, the faster that drops down, you know? So, um, but, um, so anyway, I go and I, I, uh, and this is, um, if you're breeding carpet pythons, you will stumble upon this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) For no doubt, at some point in your carpet python breeding career, that you will. So me and Owen have this fabulous pairing going together, and uh, I decided <laughs> usually if I know that that male is just going to that one female, I put them together yeah. for the season, the cool down, the whole thing until she's 
you know, until I know she's gravid, then I pulled. Um, but basically, yeah. they stay together the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so I put him in there, and um, she's a little, you know, uh, she, she's a little like you know jaggy, and um, <laughs> I couldn't tell if they were combating or yeah. <laughs> if they were combating or she was just having a fit because the snake was in her tub or. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know it's, what it's was hard. going on. Yeah, it's hard, especially with virgin females, because a lot of them, if they're not cued into the I, I, I should be breeding right now, a lot of them just all of a sudden there's a random ass snake in their cage and they're freaking the fuck out. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean that that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it takes a little bit for them to calm down. Or it takes another reintroduction, or it takes you to, for them to be further in this season to really be okay with this male being in there. So sometimes right. some females just want to get the hell away from it. So yeah. a lot of times, but also, if it is a younger male who thinks it has no shot taking on this this other male, it will try to run the hell away too. So it's kind of hard. But also, another thing is that when Jags go to combat, it looks retarded. So it's, it's, <laughs> to say the least, yeah. It's oh my god, it's hilarious. Um, yeah, because I had the zebra jag, and I'm like, why is he laying on top of that other one, twitching? And <laughs> then I put the other one in with another male, and they combat it. I'm like, oh, is he trying to combat and just failing miserably? So it's like sometimes you got to take that in. Now, obviously, you and I talked about it. We said that we're gonna wait and see what happens, but it's something that kind of is in the back of your mind where um, it, it could have been missexed. It could be a boy. Um, so, yeah, it happens. Yeah. You know, I mean, it you happens. Know, sometimes that's the way and, it goes. Uh, you know. And you know what I found? The best way to deal with that is with a proven male. It's like, I don't know if this thing's a male or a female. It doesn't really like any of the boys I put it in. If you put a proven male in with this animal and he immediately goes over and starts trying to combat, guess what? Because a proven male at breeding season is not going to be, like, if they're two virgin animals, you might not get combat combat. You might get, like, a little kind of, like, an attempt at combat because nobody knows what they're doing. But right. if you have a proven male, he's going to be like, all right, get the hell away. It's done. Like, he's going to just be right over there. So a lot of times with my animals, it's like using the proven boys, as like a, is this a male? If he goes over and starts spurring, then he immediately comes out because, yes, it's a girl because he says it's a girl, which is, you know, it works nine times out of ten. I say that because I have this one animal that my proven females want nothing to do with and my proven males are totally okay with. So I don't know what the hell it is. So <laughs> it's like, and, it, and when you probe it, it's one of those in-betweeners. I'm like, God damn it. So uh. it's. It uh, it's a mystery. It remains a mystery. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with it. So, the tweener, <laughs> tweeners, yeah, the dreaded tweeners. Uh, yeah. Um. So, do you have your pairings uh, set out for the season? Are you are you yes? Are you, are you okay? So you're locked in. You know exactly what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. Now, I, I'm I, I'm I'm I would like to take this moment to apologize to Rob Stone that uh, <laughs> my website is out of date. And that I was reprimanded in the pre-show for that because <laughs> Rob went and took a look at it, and uh, I have not updated. 
I throw myself upon the mercy of the court, and we'll get on that eventually. So, yes. uh, well, I will say that in uh, in preparing for the show, I have updated mm. my website so that you can oh go to God. the ebmorelia.com and you can go to uh, my breeding diary. If you click on that page, uh, all the years will pop up, and uh, 2016, uh, click on that, and you'll be able to see what pairings I have lined up, um, which, uh, you know, I'm pretty excited about the season. Um, I think I have some, some cool things going on. Um, you know, uh, I have a lot. <clears throat> crazy thing is I think I have more pure stuff than I do crosses. <laughs> Um, My God, <laughs> which is yeah, kind of crazy. Crosses, but the crosses that you're doing are like a doozy. I mean, they're 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 pretty good. I mean, it's like uh, you're doing that one ocelot with like an albino, and they're like, that is a that is way out there. That is awesome. But Jesus, so yeah, I think. Um, I don't know if uh, if you've ever seen a black pastel ball python. Um, I mean, I the black, uh, an albino black pastel ball python, oh, right? Albino. I okay, have yeah. not. I okay. I've probably walked by 10 million and been like, schmack, but I don't know. So. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I, I if you look, I have them on my site as well because I have one that came from Bill. Anyway, um my hope is to somewhat replicate those kind of like circle things in the albino form. I don't know if it will be as contrast or has have as much contrast as as that because obviously black pastel uh, is a very dark snake. I think I believe it's similar to cinnamon, maybe you know along those lines. Um, I but, can't help uh, you. I, I have no idea what we're talking about, but uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm speaking Dutch to you now, I know. You are. Um, it can't help you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know. I think that that would be cool as uh, as an albino. You know, I mean, I yeah. think uh, nobody's really done it uh, that I know of. So, uh, obviously, I'm not going to – I'm going to produce het. Uh, mm. I'm curious to see, you know, what will pop out of that. My ocelot jag came from Paul Harris, um, which, as far as the ocelot – Jag goes. Um, there is the ones from Mike Curtin. Um, mm-hmm. Who the thinking is is that um, Paul Harris and Mike sort of have the same lineage of animals. That maybe the stuff that Paul was working with, those jungles came from the states, which is the same as what Mike was working with. So are they similar? You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, uh, Mike, this past year, Mike Curtin, Scattershot Exotics, I don't know mm-hmm. uh, if anybody has kept up to date with his Ocelot Jags that he produced this past season. But if you haven't, you should go check out his uh, Facebook page because he produced, I believe it was Ocelot Jag to Ocelot Jag. Yep. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Even the, non, even the non-Jag Ocelots mm-hmm. are gorgeous. Yeah, he brought them to Carpet Fest just to screw with us. So <laughs> like they were, they're gorgeous, and I'm like, and here's the thing: I do not own ocelots; they're not really on my radar. But every White Plains, or every time I talk to Mike or see Mike, 
they, you can't help but look at them and kind of drool a little bit. They're gorgeous. Oh yeah. So it's yeah. I would I would I probably am not going to ever get a pair just because eh, but they're they're gorgeous animals. Um, so we I like that one. But then that Owen. <laughs> shut up. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, Feel the burn. <laughs> yeah. That's what you said about the zebra albino. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, We'll talk about her. Uh, but you got the tiger IJ, too. And you're breeding the tiger IJ to... Poison Ivy. What was it? Poison Ivy. My, my God, man. So, <laughs> so how many IJ people lost their shit when they saw that pairing? Um... Yeah, I I don't know if people really. I mean, that Tiger IJ is really not out there. Like you know, you see a lot of other IJ stuff. I mean, diehard um, IJ fans, they they know what that what's going on with that. Um, honestly, though, even more exciting about that pairing uh, is that my number one pairing is um, I have a M Pen uh, female uh, uh-huh. named Door. Um, she was uh, owned by Luke Snell, and um, yeah. I-, I picked her up um, back in 2012 or 2011. Um, he produced one clutch with her. I produced one clutch with her. I've given her off the past uh, what couple years, basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, for everybody that knows me, as far as Erie and Jaya's go, um, my you know, uh, pedestal, if you will, has always been the poster child um, mm-hmm. animals. Um, for anybody that doesn't know what poster child is, is uh, you know, go look up Spitfire Reptiles. It was an animal that, um, I think I talked about this on the show too, but basically that animal was, uh, I, I believe Will Leary had that animal, and it was a wild caught, and basically she... Oh, she had like uh this hypo type of look. Um mm-hmm. and um she produced two clutches. Um the one was a pure IJ, you know, clutch. She was bred with an IJ and the other one she was bred with a Jag. Now the IJs that were um uh produced from that clutch, I believe most of them went to uh Aaron Boulay. Um and she had them for a long time. Now I have animals from her that were PC crosses, but no right. straight poster child lineage. You know, just like that that line. Um, and this year I was lucky enough to be able to um, work out a deal with her and acquire um, one. And that male, uh, which dude, I, I <laughs> I'm telling you, man. It's I love just, how you pause. I love how you pause and you're like, dude. The IJ, God damn it, I'm talking to Owen. It's like you, yeah. you, you pause. And you're like, God damn it. I'm <laughs> telling you though, man. Like, if you can't, when, when yep. you come over, when you come over, uh-huh. I'm going to show you this uh-huh. animal. And and as much as I know you're not a fan of the you know, the brown snake, um, I get it. God damn it. Uh, I'm telling you that you're going to dig this snake. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. The problem uh, is I don't re- want to tell you you're wrong because every time I do that, it's like. All of a sudden, there's a pair of those animals that I told you you were wrong about in my collection. I'm like, God damn it, how did he do this? So it's like, <laughs> I, I don't want to say it, because then I'm like, 
Because then, like, in 2016, I'm going to be like, I have these M10 IJs. God damn it, how did he do this? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, so. what I'm trying to replicate is um, yeah. in, in 2012, Matt Lacoste did, did that same pairing. Uh, basically, he yeah. did an M10, which... For lack of a better, you know, Michael Pinnell bred, he has VPI is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, his IJs had a certain look to them. Um, he bred uh, that uh, an M-Pen um, IJ to uh, a poster child lineage IJ. And um, I, there, I have a pair of those animals from that clutch, um, yeah. which are just amazing. I mean, they're they're... They're, they're the next level for IJs, you know. I mean, this is this is where selective breeding comes into play at its finest. I mean, as I'm right. going through looking at my IJs, and I'm especially like poison ivy. So like with my first clutch of IJs, when I bred them, I kind of like I held some back. I know Zach was real wanting one real bad, so I kind of sold yeah. one early. There was that other guy whose name we won't mention that I sold a bunch of him to him to. <laughs> um, oh. That guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I sold you. I sold a few at uh at um uh what do you call it? Um at Tinley. Um so you know, that clutch I really didn't get to see grow up in the little the little nuances. I held one animal back from that clutch, um, which mm-hmm. I still have. It's just a fabulous animal. Um but with holding back this whole clutch of uh from poison ivy from from 2014 um what it's shown me is that you know the potential for selective breeding is just is off the charts it's just nuts i mean there's so many directions that you can go i mean when i tell you that there's so many look like in this clutch alone there was like these animals that have really really dark bands on them like i mean they're just black like jungle black you know and like mm-hmm. there's other ones that have this exanic look to them there's other ones that have like this peppery look to them um there's like these crazy stripes on the side just like all these little nuances that you know maybe they won't be anything maybe they they will be something who knows but uh unless you give it a whirl and try you're not really going to be able uh to tell um and I, I just think about like you know the selective breeding that's been done with other like I think of jungles and stuff like that and I don't know um, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to tell you um, since we're on the subject um, we are of watching animals grow, dude. Mm. <laughs> Inlands they are mm. shit. Let me Stop tell it. you something. They're on my list. They're on my list. So, Stop it. So wait, hold on, hold on. I I, I got it. People are if. I'm telling you, man, if you guys yeah. out there in the NPR world, and including you, Mr. McIntyre, I'm do listening. not have inland, you need to get some. Because I tell you what, um, I'm there and I'm cleaning snakes. And like I said, we, I, we've been busy and whatnot. So, like, spending time in the reptile room has been kind of crazy this past week. you got to yeah. get in, you get yeah. out. Um, the other day, I was in there and I'm spending some time. And I op- I, I, I'm, I'm opening up the tub to, to my inlands. And I'm like, whoa, what? what they're like oh. this gray blue like you know like it's like you know when carpets are born they kind of have that ugly yeah. look and they're like yeah. dull little dull animals they make it look pretty yeah <laughs> dude i didn't I realize know. what they change into <laughs> i didn't well, know i know i know i know, like I know. It, dude they've been i i've almost had a pair twice now um, I was trying to work out something with Ben and Justin, 
and I was almost going to get a, a, pair, a pair that was, like, two years old, and uh-huh. that fell through. And then I was trying to make out uh, – we did the, the, the trade with Nick for Romulus, the rough scale, and I was trying to work out that, and I was, talk, I was talking to him about a pair of his inlands, but he only had, like, one or two left, so he couldn't do that, so I couldn't get them. So it's like I've almost had them, like, twice now. So they will yeah. be coming. I will be getting them because I'm sitting here, and you and I talked that one time, which this is always what happens. You and I talk about something, and it just happens. <laughs> so, God damn it. Uh, so you and I were talking, you're like, well, you've had success with the bread line. I'm like, well, yeah. And you're like, well, the Inlands are like the bread line. I'm like, what? Well, the Inlands are like <laughs> this bluish gray bread line. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> So I'm like, so basically I wouldn't have to do anything except to add like two more cages to the winter room. Yeah, or sell one of your bread lights. God damn it! And so it's like, yeah. they, they're they're right on the list. They're at the top of the list. If I do not have them by 16, the end of 16, I will be shocked because yeah. I know we're saving up to do the all Australia thing, but there are a few animals that I will have to add to the collection in 2016. So, yeah, but yeah, they're at the top now. Where a pair of inlands doesn't look that crazy anymore. I mean, it's no. what, uh, close to a grand maybe for a pair? Yeah, probably. The The problem, I think the problem with Inland is going to have is that, and you can't, it's very hard to photograph them, you know. It's very hard to capture um, their colors and everything in, in a photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, True. I think, I think what's going to do it for them is like when, you know, and this is my plan is like, you know, the year that I'm going to be producing them, you know, I'm going to be bringing one um, to Tinley, you know, an adult, you know, I yeah. have what, 3.2, 3.2. So yeah. I'm going to bring an adult male, um, you know, just one that uh, can come and, and, and chill so that people can see them and appreciate them. And I think that's what's going to – when you start to see – when you start having people have adults in, 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 a, in a lot of numbers, you'll people will start to, to gravitate towards them because they're I'll so agree. chill uh, too, man. They're so chill. You I know. know. It's so a, chill. Like said, it's a brittle. Like, you know, the thing is, I think the other thing that will do it is eventually it, it has to happen. That one of those silver peppers falls into that pit that's in Australia that appears in <laughs> Germany. Um, uh, yeah. One of them will do that. I don't know how we get it to the pit. I don't know how it gets in the pit. I don't know who picks it up after it comes out on the end of Germany. But eventually, a silver peppered inland will find its way out of Australia. And once that happens, and once it's reproduced in Europe, and then eventually trickles its way to the United States, that is when you're going to start seeing more people invested in the inland. I know we don't want to say that we're all not morph crazy or anything like that, but I guarantee you more people will be interested when it's a silver pepper dinlin. Yeah, well, the cool thing so, about those, the cool thing about those is that's just hands yeah. down probably the coolest carpet morph it's there is. Gorgeous. In my <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's just... It's absolutely gorgeous. Because here's the thing. They tried making the inland jags, and they weren't really... They were eh. I mean, like, there was nothing there. It's like... Yeah. They didn't, they didn't look... Because, like, you took everything that was cool about an inland, which is their color, and you diluted it with, like, a jag, and it didn't work. It's almost like how no one really puts a lot of stock in high blood rebel jags because it's not there. There's no real draw to it. It's not like a 
jungle jack were neon yellow. So it's whatever, you know. Yeah, well, so, you know the th- the thing I saw when you bring up Brattle Jags is is that um, there was a thread that was going around on Morelia Pick of the Week about bringing a hypo to an ocelot jag, and you know everybody was busting Nick Nick's balls about. You know, he probably just sorry, just skipped a beat. He jumped off his roof. <laughs> you know, all kinds of crazy things. He, because he, he, well, the thing is, once they posted that, he probably like shuddered and fell on the ground and went into disturbance. My well, God! In, in talking so. to him, I mean, he realizes that you know eventually somebody's going to do that kind of pairing, and of and it's not it's not that there's anything. I'm not against that, but. The problem is, is that when you're breeding an animal, like, you know, I mean, you have to really selectively breed that for, for quite a while. I mean, to get, get I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I guess to me, I think my personal opinion would be to do some kind of cross, you know, uh, to that. Like, I think if you're going to do like, um, you know, I guess like, uh, you know, the, the coolest brettle jags that I've seen have been screams line. Um, yeah, but, but that has how many diamond are blood in the screen. Exactly. So <laughs> you know? what what what's the brittle? What's the diamond? Like what 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 does each bring to the table? I mean, it's 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 kind of like with all that. And I honestly got to think green jags are going to get better when they're not mixed with more brittle. When they're mixed with other things like diamonds and jungles. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's just it's one of those things. But, well, there was that um, there was that pairing that um, I want to say it was Deb King in Australia that had this inland diamond. Oh, man, I don't know if it had brettle. I I don't think it had. Probably. I don't think it had it in it. I think it had maybe coastal in it. It was like coastal inland. Um, it might have jungle in it too, and diamond and, only because it was a jag sib you know, right. type of thing. So it was like this crazy looking, oh man, that was cool. That made me real th- rethink the whole, oh man, yeah. inland, can, you know, it's can, like, oh can man. Can we just, can no. we just make a, bre- can we just make a breeding project? We're going to call it the trash can. Because what <laughs> what we'll do is we'll try to mix every, mo- <laughs> no, it's just every Morelia in one animal. Like, <laughs> keep going and adding it. Like we just keep, keep packing it on there. So eventually yeah. we get there, and the last breeding we do is this horrible mixture of things to a to a rough scale, and that'll be it. We'll just call the end result the trash can. <laughs> so we'll have everything in there. Oh man, yeah, yeah oh, that's yeah. kind of. Oh, so anyway, I went oh, off topic. Uh, my my, we kind of we kind of went astray there for a second, but I'm curious, what that. is your number one pairing that you're you're you you're hoping so that this one takes? You know, beyond anything else. Can I have two answers? I guess you can. <laughs> can I can I have a Morelia can I have a Morelia and a non Morelia answer? Yeah, sure. Ah, right, cool. Um Morelia is super caramel to exantic. Because this is good. You're saying su caramel to an exant okay. So you're yes. going to make basically because, caramel pet exanics. Yes. Okay. Because the super caramel that I'm using was one of the first was probably the first super caramel I ever produced. Um, she's gorgeous. I love her. Um, and then uh, it'll put me on track for um, 
caramelic xanics because that's what I'm calling them because eventually we will get hypos and we're all going to be a lot confused when we have ghosts and ghosts. So, yeah. Um, but <laughs> we won't get into that, but I would really like to see that pair um, just because I think it would be They'd be they'd be very pretty animals, and that's just what I'm. That's the one I really want. I don't know why, but that's the one I really want. Um, and then with the non Morelia, and that would be the Maclots python. Maclots, really? Uh, yeah, I've been waiting and raising these things up, and trying <laughs> real hard. And then my heart, like, blew up in my chest last year when my female died from the uh, complications of having her slug clutch. Because that was just, like, that was horrible, dude. It was, like, I took the time. I raised these animals up, and I raised her up, and she was a horrid, evil creature, which I had to constantly deal with. She lays an entire clutch of 20-something slugs, which she laid them three weeks after we moved in here. So I want to say that she had the complications because of the move, so that made me feel horrible. And then she kind of bounced back. About a month or two later, she ended up dying because she never really bounced back the right way, and she kind of bounced up and then bounced way down. So I I, I was done. I thought the entire project was done. Shot, I almost sold the mail and everything. When Eric Kohler... Um, talked to me, and he had a female that his male didn't want anything to do with. So now she's over here and has been for almost a year now. She's acclimated. They're together. They're not doing anything, but they haven't killed each other. So it's a step in the right direction. So if I could get baby Max, I think I'd be so happy to be ridiculous. So That's cool. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully that. Are you basically approaching breeding them the same way that you would breed carpet pythons? Yeah, I, I did before, and I had locks and then the slugs. So, you know, if I do it again and I get nothing but slugs, then I'm going to start trying to figure out what I'm doing that's wrong. But I think what do you I'm think caused locked, the slugs? Do you have any I thoughts? Think I think the move. Yeah, we had no. We had one viable egg and a bunch of slugs. Um. I think the move, I think uh, stressing her out from all that stuff. So, I mean, I don't know if it was a slug because they were infertile or if she just ditched them all because of her body was going through crazy amounts of stress with the whole move. Um, I don't know. Um, also, they were together and then separated and then together because of all the moving stuff, so I don't know if I missed the window. So there, there could have been a lot of different things. But from what I've heard and talking to a lot of other people, they don't really do anything different for our breeding lyasis than we do for carpet python. So, okay, yeah. yeah, I was just curious. I would like to see them go. Yeah, I would like to see them go. And then, of course, the olive pythons. But I didn't even put them together because I'm too chicken shit. I'm <laughs> worried they're going to kill each other. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but they'll they'll probably be going together in a week, and you know, I'll be panicking the entire time. Right. So, yeah. Yep. So, the uh, I guess if 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 I was looking at um, yes, your pair uh, crosses uh, for me, mm. um, 
one that I'm super excited about is um, I have a caramel jag head granite going to a yeah. caramel head granite. Um, okay. I put the two together. Uh, I didn't mm. see any action with them, uh, but uh, that's the one that – early. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of – you know, caramel granite jags, I don't know, just something about those that kind of I think Wouldn't are really be- bad. Would they be supers? Because didn't you say you had a caramel and a caramel, or no? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I could possibly produce a super caramel granite jack. But... <clears throat> Man. Yeah. That should be uh, pretty <laughs> interesting. <laughs> you know, and I mean, <laughs> as far as... Um, I have uh, two coastal pairings um, that are close, near and dear to me. I have um, one... It's basically an M pen pair. Um, probably to me, I don't know. To me, I think they're just for that 2009 clutch that he produced. I think that uh, mm-hmm. they're hands down probably the the prettiest animals from the group. Um, yeah. Saying that, I don't know what he held back. Um, but I put them together, and man, they were locked up, like ready to go. You know, no messing That's around. Awesome. Um, so this female. I mean, I weighed her. She's. Uh, we were talking before the show. I weighed her. She was. Um, she's the biggest girl I have. She is at. Uh, let me look it up real quick. Two thousand two hundred and ten grams, um, which to most people they probably say, "Oh, that's not that big," but uh, that's that's the biggest big girl Eric, that I got yeah. breeding, breeding this year. I mean, to me, she's she's a pretty big girl, but um, I don't know. I'm. I'm hoping to produce some nice striped coastals. Um, I love the the lavender hues on those guys. I think that uh, they actually come from um, the Lloyd Lemke line of coastals is basically what they come from. Um, But, uh, I mean, if you're looking for top-notch coastals, they're they're probably the the pinnacle. Uh, The the one girl that I got back that was – I produced her a few years ago – um, she was from my Lemke male to you remember my big girl Sophie, right? She she's breeding with one of my caramels this year, so I'm gonna see what the hell that does to everything. So that I think is cool. But you, my friend, didn't tell me, and I went through your shit and I found it. V is breeding this year. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. The, uh, mm, so but he ain't breeding to who I want him to breed to. So I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, oh. Well, <laughs> not her. Yeah, well, Molly Ringwald's next year, um, and I didn't want him to sit out another year. And I have this female coastal um, that's probably my favorite coastal. She doesn't look like a coastal at all. Most people will <laughs> probably think that she's a cross. But um, she was produced by Jason Balin. Uh, her name's right. Echo. Because when I bought her, I thought she was a male. Um, oh, yeah, luckily, I remember this one. <laughs> <laughs> turned out to be a female. Um, right. No problem. Um, so um, she has like this fishnetty, uh, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's like this, it almost reminds me of like a gamma jag. The thing of it is, is that that fishnetty look is is like in the saddles and it's super clean. It's highlighted by black. Her all her like the base color is super clean, um, and she has like this bone white with these slight red hints in the saddles. 
um, that really just give her this really unique look. Um, I don't know. She's an awesome snake. Um, Jason produced her from what he called a tiger jag sib to a tiger jag sib. Uh, basically how I got her was, uh, in 2008 when I bought my first carpet python from Jason, um, Mm. I bought an animal from that pairing and I was so happy with how that one turned out, um, that I decided, I asked him if he was doing that pairing again and he said, yeah, he was, he repeated it in 2009, uh, and I grabbed three animals from him that year, um, which I have a male and two females and... They all have, like, really looks to – I mean, me and Jason have talked to them about them at shows. Um, and, um, you know, we've uh, we've talked about, like, he, he talked about how some of them have, like, this bone white look to them. And other, yeah. other ones um, have, like, you know, the, the red, which he believes comes from Madame Blueberry. Um, so if you trace that lineage back, then she, they have Madame Blueberry in it. So anyway, we were sitting there and we were talking, and I was talking to him at this past Tinley about um, he had some of those crazy reds that almost look albino uh, mm-hmm. on his table. And, and he had that one coastal that Julie s- snatched up um, that was just, <laughs> just, just an awesome-looking animal. And, uh, yeah. you know, nothing – no, no morph, no nothing. Just a beautiful coastal, um, beautiful just a coastal, beautiful yeah. animal. Yeah, and uh, I, I started talking to him, and I had mentioned that you know about that and what he thought of that pairing, and he said that you know he believed that if I did that, I would probably see the same type of animals as he produced with the, um, you know, that albino-looking red stuff that uh, that he has going on. So, you know, that's that's ultimately what the hope is. Um, yeah. Well, uh, we'll see. Well, being that when I went and I picked V up for you, Balin was one of the guys who almost beat me over the head and took him. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I yeah. really do like that pair. And it is going to be very, very horribly tempting to snatch up a baby from that pair if you let any go. But I, sir, shall wait. I will <laughs> buy my time. I will be good. Because I will wait for her. Because him and her, that one pair I've been waiting for you to do for freaking years. So yeah, she'll be she'll be twenty she'll be twenty seventeen for sure. Um, oh God! Yeah, she's a beautiful red tiger, like really red and elder yeah. colors. You know, I get I got my I got my balls busted all the time about trading uh Chiquita to Zach, um, you know, because it's a beautiful Bioc and, you know, it's uh like you know, ninety percent yellow and but you know what? I don't have any regrets, man. None at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is just a match made in heaven, you know, those two pairings. I mean that's just selective breeding at its finest to me and I don't know, just Really dig it. Speaking of coastals, um, Rob sent me a question that he wanted me to ask you. He was curious on the backstory of the ornate coastal that you have. I guess he's cruising around your site and he was looking what at the lineage coastal? page. It's the There's Dad no of Trinity. Coastal. Dad of Trinity. Oh, Trinity's dead. I don't have it. It's just that was the um, that was what she was labeled as, uh, or her dad's was labeled um, with Ted Thompson. Ted Thompson produced Trinity. Um, 
And I got Trinity when she was a little gray, ugly hatchling. Like she should have never been sold to me. She was so damn tiny. And I got her for like 70 bucks. And her parents were a tiger um, from uh, Ian. And this they called it an ornate coastal, which just looked like this very reduced pattern coastal, again, from Ian at Outback Rest House. So we need to stop there because trying to get stuff out of there is no idea. But Ted was producing tigers at that time. So he had a tiger that he bred with this ornate, and um, he got a bunch of tigers, and he got what he called at the time were lesser tigers. It's basically he put a spin on coastals trying to get people to buy them, and it worked because I bought them. Um, <laughs> and I bought, like, I bought like three of them. I had two boys and a girl. I had uh, – um, and this was back in college. Um, those, those were the guys that I kept like under my bed. So the two boys uh, I've honestly raised up – that were old enough. I did breed the one male. Um, he was the sire of my first two ever clutches, uh, but I bred him to like just coastals and a coastal jungle. So it was like they were the babies looked like carpet. So it's like whatever. <laughs> um, Trinity, I raised her up, and as I was raising her up, I, I that's when I started talking with Balin and I started buying everything left and right from him because there was lineage, there was pictures of parents, there were babies, and, and then I got Talon, and uh, Talon Cross of Trinity is what made Echo. And uh, Trinity, every single baby that she produces, um, she produces a ton of striping, a ton of striping. She doesn't have a single goddamn stripe on her body, but every baby she produces, every jag she produces, perfectly bald back, her tiger jags are absolutely gorgeous. So it's like everything I chucked, every tiger she produces, like I bred a tiger to her, everything came out with stripes. So she has been the best $70 investment I've ever freaking made in my coastal project. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like she's incredible. And she's a 32, 34 egg layer every year. So, wow. Yeah. And, of course, now that Echo's, breeding it's even freaking worse now because it's like it's just so much I actually ended up keeping uh, one of Echo's sons this year and his daughter um, because they I bred him to that red tiger I got from you and uh-huh. it, he cleaned up the back because that red tiger uh, had like some speckling to the back the baby's got nothing he, the, 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 the red color and the girl pops around her head. It just explodes out of this girl. And I'm like, oh, and she was the runt. She was the tiny one. She was the one who didn't really want to eat. And now she's tearing up food and she's gaining ground on her siblings. So it's like, all right, I got to keep these two back. They're mine now. Forget all you people. So I've had other <laughs> people who, who saw these animals when they, when I first had them up for sale, contact me. So like, do you still uh-huh. have that red tiger? I'm like, nope, he's mine. <laughs> so it's like, no, you can't buy him. He's mine. So, <laughs> but they, it, it just kind of goes back to way back in the day. It, they, they threw these labels and these names on all these different animals and coastals and things like that. And I understand it was at a certain point they were trying to prove out or they didn't have the morphs to fall back on. And they were try, some people were trying to prove out morphs. But a lot of the other times is that people were just slapping names on things to get people to buy them. Yeah. And 
it worked. I mean, like there were there were busy patterned jags out there. So rather than just calling it a jag with a lot of pattern, because no one wants a jag with a lot of pattern, they called them ornate jaguars, which Talon's mom was labeled as an ornate jaguar for a while. But it's right. just a damn jag. So right. people threw those like lesser tiger again. There, it's a damn coastal. It's, well, it's not the tiger. So. <laughs> we saw that earlier with. Uh, we did. Some, somebody had posted up my hypomelanistic jag, and you're like, huh? Uh, huh? Somebody, somebody did, and we're not even we're not even going to talk about the names because we don't want to embarrass. No, no, no. Somebody had right. somebody had posted up somewhere that they have a hypomelanistic jaguar from Madame Blueberry. And I sent you the thing, the picture and the, the link, because I thought it was funny, because way back when, that was how people talked about their shit. Like, yeah. Talon, Talon is a red hypo jaguar. There is nothing freaking red, and there's nothing freaking hypo about his ass. <laughs> right. All right? I'm looking at him. He's a goddamn jaguar. So it's like, he's just not a yellow one. So, it, it's, and that's the way it goes, is that you had just put, and, and you know what, and I'm not, I'm not saying that Jason Balin you know, misled me or anything like that because Jason Balin sold him for what he was at the time. And right. what he was at the time was a red hypo jack. That's it. But you compare that thing to, like, the hypos and the reds we see now, it's not even freaking close. No. So, no. yeah, and there's nothing... The Red Sox community packs names and words, and it's like it's almost like um, you've seen the Princess Bride, right? Where it's like, yeah. Keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. It's like, you know, it doesn't mean what you – that's not how it works. So it's, right. it's just kind of one of those things where it, 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 the whole ornate thing on Trinity's lineage is I'm just using the same wording that they used so that anybody who might know what I'm talking about can come and take a look at it. But right. it's <laughs> – Yeah. So. <clears throat> Which is cool. Um, yeah, it was, yeah. He, he said it had a Almahara look to it. Um, so he's just curious. You're right. He actually, he actually, he actually called it. He said it was Ted Thompson. He thought, you know, yep. it looked like Ted well, Thompson. I mean, R- Rob has found out my secret. All my coastals actually have Almahara blood in them. <laughs> I just didn't tell anybody. Yeah. So, mm. so uh, yeah, I, I mean, let's see. You know, we talked about my coastal pairings. Um, you know, I, you know, I think this is something else that people. I, I'm curious. Of, you know, I guess people don't talk about this kind of stuff, but I've had mm. this uh, exanic girl, Shimmer, um, mm-hmm. who is now. God, this is the third year I'm going to try breeding her. And are you um, still trying to do the double head snows? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, so she's going again with uh, my albino jag doll. Um, hopefully, doll. Dole has bred everything in sight, correct? Oh, yeah. He'll breed a spaghetti noodle if he could. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's not Dole. Dole isn't the problem. <laughs> no. No. But what I've noticed is even with, I mean, again, this is like, um, I, I guess maybe this is just me learning from breeding as I go and people, I I don't I don't know if this is something you can learn or just something you pick up as you go along, but you know, mm-hmm. there's certain pairings where I could put, you know, dull into the mix and create for instance, like citrus tigers, I'm doing two clutches of them this year. 
uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I want to have. Are we doing? They just Tiger head albino. Yes, two of them, two okay. clutches. Oh, oh, um, oh, oh, oh. Wait, for, are we going to sell some? Purposely oh, to, to have some to sell. So here's, oh, here's my, so here's my thinking, right? So the animals yeah. that I've held back come from two specific animals. One is Dex, who is an albino cross that I that I got from Paul Harris, and um, this right. animal, anything he breeds turns out spectacular, right? So yes. 2014. I bred um, Dole to my caramel head albino girl, uh, Cinder, and I made jag head, uh, caramel jags head albino, caramel head albino, right. and right. they they were nice, you know, nothing, you know, nothing, nothing was too crazy, nothing was, uh, you know, it, it 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 was what it was at that point, you know, you're getting a caramel jag head albino, and you're getting a caramel head albino, and you know, that's it is what it is. So I decided yeah. that the past year that I was gonna that's take the Jag my girl. Oh, you have a two thousand fourteen or two thousand fifteen? Like fourteen. Okay, so you have 14. you have the one from Dole. Ah, so so um I decided to put Dex to that girl, mm-hmm. Cinder, mm-hmm. and see what happened. So this is the same year that he produced the citrus tiger head albinos and the caramel albinos. Well, I still have a good deal of caramel head albinos, and um, there's only two people that bought animals from that clutch. But I'll tell you what, man, it's on a Mm -hmm. whole other level. And now it it seems to tell me that that albino, Dex, he has Mm -hmm. some, like, you know, when you look at him, he's just like he looks like a white snake. I mean, he's just a white right. snake. It doesn't look like anything special as far as albino goes. He doesn't have like that, you know, that crazy contrast that like Darwin's do. It's just kind of like yeah. it's kind of gone. Like the pattern's kind of gone. Um, right. But he throws amazing offspring. So. Mm-hmm. I decided to put him. Now I have the citrus tiger head albino female and then I have the other citrus tiger who this the one girl you know is the one girl that's just her colors I mean she's a 2009 animal and she's still vibrant this mm-hmm. yellow orange yep. and her contrast is there and she's her striping is not the best but I don't care because guess what the whole clutch was striped <laughs> you know and mm-hmm. like it now, Bono, well. Jack, yeah. he didn't he don't have it's just like you were saying earlier he doesn't have any striping on him at all that I yeah. can tell, you know. Um, uh, I still would like to find out what, you know. I have to. I have to contact Paul at some point and try to find out like what. I what believe that there? he's he's a jungle. He has jungle in in him. So ah, um, okay. that leads me to believe that there's probably striping back in his lineage. So <clears throat> he's an albino cross with jungle. You know. You know. Jungles are always have like those really nice, especially when you're mixing it in with, you know, Jags and that kind of stuff. Um, So anyway, I'm doing these two clutches because of two things. One, I want to see if the Citrus Tiger Head Albinos that I produced in 2014 are from the really nice look to them come from Dex, the male, or is it from the female, or is it a mix of both? Mm -hmm. So when I breed... 
um, him to another, you know, I mean, it's a nice citrus tiger, but it's not as nice as, as the other girl. Now this other one has better striping. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I'm curious to see yeah. what happens with that. And if you want to buy a pair, hopefully I'll be able to give you, you know, somewhat unrelated, uh, you know, and that, that's for me too, you know, to have you just, someone you just won me over, <laughs> you yeah. know, so, so you're not bringing uh, sibling to sibling, so to speak. Yeah, well, one of the um, one of the pairings I'm doing this year is I took my uh, HCQ Tiger Pixie, uh-huh. and uh, she was produced by Mo at uh, Mojo Reptiles. Oh, they I bred love that a oh yes, they bred a um, a tiger from Ted Thompson, uh, right. Morpheus to Carmen, which was that undocumented Icon female. Right. And they produced her. And I actually got her from Howard. Remember, I traded him the banana and all that other crap. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that was her. So The banana jack <laughs> does exist. <laughs> oh, my God. So <laughs> they, um, they, she produced a ton of, she produced tigers the last two years. So I'm breeding her to, uh, the, to an Exanic. So I can make tigers head Exanic. Because over the past, um, like, she produced all my caramel jags this year, uh, which the contrast in the caramel jags has been killer, especially Uh the one, the the caramel tiger jags. Okay. Uh, And there's this one caramel that has more high-con colors to him than caramel colors, so I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with him yet. But anyway, you had some really nice striping in there. Right. So. I'm kind of hoping to just get a few tigers that are head exanic because I want exanic tigers. So, but I'm kind of yeah. hoping that the high con color can kind of bring the silvery blue out and kind of make it pop a little bit more eventually. Now, I'm not saying that the hats are going to look like hats. So, I mean, we're not going to see anything out of there. We're just trying to get the stripes first. Second will be the color, but uh, that one I'm excited about because she's a I love her. She's gorgeous. So that's cool. Yeah, she's she's yeah. a nice snake for sure. Very very mm-hmm. um, uh, citrus citrus tiger esque, which I believe she's, comes from that high con. Oh yeah, you know. it has to be. I mean, and that was. Yeah. Remember how I told you that one day I was going to like beat you on the head and take Satch. Um, yes. Satch would be going with her like immediately. Yeah. That's that's where he would go. So it's like, <laughs> um, it's like eventually. One day, like, or if you start producing freaking citrus tigers, uh, that that'll happen. I will, or even then, like, dude, because uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll figure it out eventually. Because I do love her look, and I do love the high con tiger kind of look. So, yeah, um, you know, you, we're talking about tigers, and I have this Balin tiger, um, and it's my pairing number ten. And mm-hmm. if you look if you look at my website I specifically left the sire off. Um there's a couple different directions that I that I was thinking of going. My first one was to do a jag head exanic. Um mm-hmm. the problem with the jag head exanic thing is is that I don't like producing possible heads. Um Yeah, me either. I think there's a lot of confusion when it comes to possible hats. I heard this on another um, another show, and, and basically they were talking about possible hats and how confusing it can be. And Okay, so 
there it, in a way there really is no such thing as possible het. Either is het no. or it's not het. Or it's not. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. It either exactly. it is or it's not. Or it isn't. So when people say it's a sixty six percent pos het, they're not saying that if you breed it the number of het animals or whatever changes. It's you have a sixty six percent chance of that thing, that animal being a heterozygous het for the morph you want. If it's a het, it's still it's hundred percent a het. It's it's that's it. It's right there. If it turns out to be a het, it's a het. There's no percentage difference at all. You just have a sixty six percent chance of it being a het. That's what you're buying. And I hate dealing with question marks like that. So, yeah, so if I breed if I breed a jag head exanic, which I have a male, and I breed it to her, uh-huh. which is a tiger, um uh-huh. you possibly could have fifty percent possible head tiger jags head exanic, you could have tigers head exanic, and you could have, you know, just regular coastals that are fifty percent uh head exanic. When you right. when you take a head exanic of anything, it could be albino exanic. In our example, we'll use exanic. If you took mm-hmm. a jag head exanic and bred it to a head exanic, and you have normal looking offspring, and you have jags, and then you have, um, you know, what they would be is sixty six percent, because now you have the head on both sides. You've now upped the percentage that it could be, you know. There's a there's a there's a there's a higher chance of of that egg, and it's per egg per mm-hmm. you know like it's not like the odds gods say okay one okay these four eggs here one of them is going to be head exanic and one of them yeah, it, it, you it, know it, it doesn't per egg. <laughs> yeah, yeah it doesn't work like that so um, no. I don't know I mean the thing the event the good thing is with when it comes to the exanic is that, you know, the idea that there's a possibility that, um, you know, you can see these visual markers, so to speak, with the hets. You know, that could be true. That could not be true. Now, I'd hate to produce a clutch and then raise up offspring from that clutch and then try to breed it and then just, you know, not produce what I wanted to produce, um, which has led me more and more to deal with just the visuals, so I produce 100% hets. So that was my first thing. And I mean, the worst case scenario is you produce, you know, tigers and tiger jags, which, you know, again, isn't all that bad. That's not, not a bad thing. Everybody likes, everybody loves tigers. You know, um, and they would be pure coastal, you know, and if, if it turned out that, you know, you can see these ones that are different in the clutch, well, then you're that much ahead on the project, so to speak. I don't think that I wouldn't hide it from people that they're, you know, was bred exanic, but I wouldn't try to sell them as a selling ploy, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like to me, it's just like, yeah, you, hey, these are tiger jags. Oh yeah, by the way, they're <laughs> they could be head exanic. Could be, could <laughs> you be know, it, that's just the way it rolls. But it's like, it, it, what I would hate is if somebody were to put, you know, if I were to tack the price up, I would really hate if somebody took the time raised them up because now somebody else's projects are being structured around this animal being a pos head. And there's some people who take pos heads and don't listen. And it's like, all right, it's a possible head. It could be head. And the next thing you know, they're online going, look at my head. It's like, stop it. No, it's a possible head. Don't don't run around telling people that. Or they don't treat it like that. And they breed it. 
and either they lose sight of the fact that it's still a possible or they nothing comes out of it and automatically they assume it's you know and and I, I like I said I would just feel bad to watch somebody structure their entire projects around this thing as if yeah. it was a head and then it turns out to not be. Yeah. I mean that so, would cause that would suck. So so that would be male number one, which I think you would probably lean towards. Um uh, maybe. <laughs> Male number two was to breed her with an Uh ivory. Did you hear that? What is she again? (laughs) She's a Balin tiger. Balin tiger. Mm. To an ivory. To an ivory. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Now, now here's my Mm. thought. Now listen. Mm. Now listen to me. Mm. The the idea... Now, 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 this is where I'm gonna, you know, say that you're probably Win me or lose me. <laughs> where you're a little crazy, because you're yeah. willing to stretch it for the jag. But mm. here's Owen's line in the sand that he won't cross. He's like, Tiger, no way. Mm. <laughs> oh, no, here's won't the thing, though. I, I'm already willing. Listen, I'm already willing <laughs> to stretch it with the with the with the uh, um, citrus tiger's head albino. Because first off, we don't know if there's jungle in there or not. One, two. You just told me that both albino males have been in the mix. You're like they could be jungle albino. So that that hurt me, by the way. Um, but yeah. It's like so we're sitting here and it's like I will I stretch it just to get an albino jet albino tiger? Probably. I'd probably yeah. stretch it because at that point to get an albino tiger, unless the albino coast will show up, which please the love of God get them here. Um, you're looking at mixes anyway to get the albino, to get the coastal morphs into the albino. Completely. Yeah. yeah I'm willing they would to accept that. Anyway. Right. So, willing to accept that. Now, here's my thought. Now, I was thinking about this the other day, and my thought was Go on. that I, I remember me and you talking about um, Benjamin. And when we first looked in that Reptiles <laughs> magazine about seeing this killer white Bone jet. white. Killer, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like, holy shit, that thing is awesome. Yeah, you know, I holy need God. to have an animal like that. You have even that. so you much. That. You have even liked that animal so much that you're willing to cross the line. You're crossing the picket line, and you're saying, you know what, ivory jag. If it's gonna look like that, I'm in. You know, I do it. Here's the thing. I bit so hard on that aurora. Um, the animal I have tattooed on my body. My first high purchase in all of carpet python-dom was a Benjamin Madam Blueberry Jack. Right. So, and, you know, $1,300 for a starving college student. I'm pretty sure I ate nothing but cans of tuna for a week because <laughs> I burned through all my fucking money for her. I had to drive uh, down to Philly to get her, and I'm sitting uh-huh. there with this $1,300 carpet python in a tub under my bed. What's uh, <laughs> wrong with me? Anyway, so <laughs> but we don't have time for this. Anyway, so and she was like the first animal to produce. I have one of her daughters, which is going this year, which I'm breeding to a granite. We won't get into that. Um, so <laughs> I said we won't get into it. So okay. It's it's one of the things where it's like it, it, uh, you bit so hard, and I've had several people who um, near the tail end of when Will Leary was in it bought animals that had been traced back to Benjamin because the only pictures you ever saw of Benjamin were 
the ones where he was really young and he looked bone white. And I've seen pictures of him as he got older. And yeah. so is Phelan and so is a few other people. I used to have a picture of him, but I lost that computer. Um, and now you can barely find him. But he, he yellowed out. He, he turned yellow as he got older, like any other good coastal jag will. Right. So, and that's what everybody was freaking out about. So I've seen people, like, who are on the cusp of buying shit, turn around and go screaming to Will Leary to buy a bunch of animals from him. I mean, I did it. Howard did it. Uh, Balin said he lost a ton of customers to um, Will over freaking uh, Benjamin. And what's really funny is when I bought Aurora, I was actually talking to Ben and Justin. And I, had, I don't ever talk about this because I'm worried they're going to remember. Um, is that I was actually talking to Ben and Justin, and I was about to buy a Jack. And then I went and I bought one from Will Leary and told them not to worry about it. So I'm really kind of hoping they never remember that. So... Um, <laughs> They'll never speak to me again. Well, they, um, they know now. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to get an email later. But it's like, um, but but it was funny because everybody bit so hard on that. And yeah. you and I were talking, and I had the Jag, and you had the Ivory, and it's like, you know what? If we could produce Jags that could look like that and then maybe even keep somewhat of that whitish color into their adulthood, that would be awesome. So that's why we're trying this. Right. So now what you're telling me is, Owen, what if I did it with a tiger? Is what you're trying to get at, right? Correct. Because just hear me out. Just hear me out. <laughs> think about, think about. Now I'm going to do this with a jungle too, right? So it'll be pure mm-hmm. jungle um, because I have mm-hmm. striped jungles and ideas. And you do. But there's something about a coastal stripe. That is different, jungle stripe, yes. because there's more yes. stripes. You know, there's yes. there's more. Uh, you know, like a it's jungle theme, you got two colors. You got black yes. and you got yellow, and that's it. You know, you got some. You know, that's it. Um, coastals, you, you're working with a little more. Um, so my thought is, is that if you could get a perfectly striped white carpet python. Tell me that that well, I mean the base color would be if I could replicate um Mayer's colors onto a striped tiger, that thing would be sick. I'm telling you, man, it would be crazy. It's not fair. You're you're using my love of tigers against me right now, and that's not fair. That's I know. I love shame, I love tigers shame, too. Shame on you, sure. <laughs> sure. That is shame. That is does you, you know, I already told you this, that I want to have one of those bucket shot ones where it's like I got a classic tiger, an albino tiger, an exanic tiger, yes. <laughs> a red tiger. It's yes. like I want them all in one thing. And now you're like, I can add a white tiger in there, Owen. It's like, no, you're a bastard. <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> then the. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. No, Paul, no, wait, wait. We're here, and now you're about to step further, and this is where you'll lose me. So continue. Yes, so my I'm really leaning strongly towards towards that, you know, uh, towards that. Club. It, it would be cool, but my concern would be is that how long are you? Would you be able to pull off the color in the first gen? And I don't think so. I don't know, man. Uh, Mayor, like, pretty, know, let's, pretty, let's, let's, he's pretty let, awesome let me, looking. Let me, let me let me let me rephrase. The entire clutch. Is not going to be the color you want. Already automatic given. 
No. But no. now here, here's the kicker. Are you going to get the color and the stripe on the same freaking animal? I don't know. I mean, I would imagine you might get it these take... bone. You might get these bone-white animals that have crappy stripes, and you might have this really nicely striped animal that has, like, an off-white kind of yellowish tint to it. It's very possible, you know. I mean, I don't think that I'll be as lucky as I did with the albino. If you are, I will. If you are, I swear to God, I'm going to go outside, <laughs> grab a bunch of leaves, and like eat them. Okay, that's not fair. <laughs> so. I don't. I don't think that I would be that lucky. However, it is worth a shot. Now, my it thinking is. is, as far as the color goes, though, if you look at my Balin Tiger, um, mm-hmm. she has that classic khaki type of look but, where yeah. she's almost um uh she's very like uh she, I, pale is what I'll use as a color she's very pale okay i wouldn't say she's like she's in nowhere near white you know not like she's right. nowhere near like a cream color but she's somewhere in between you know like that khaki jag tiger jag look like the, that, the, that, the classic classic tiger where it's like a khaki kind of you know bonish kind of color so yeah yeah so yeah. and we we've, and we've seen that on a few tigers especially the older gen so, right and she's an um, original line tiger she's she's the original yeah. you know balan line tiger she comes from the, from that from that line so She's not crossed with, you know, like reds or anything like that. Uh, she's just straight, you know, uh, tiger. <clears throat> so I think I think you're not going to get it the first year, but uh-huh. I think if you were to take the two best looking, the best looking male and the best looking female out of this out of that clutch, raise them up, breed them together, I think you'll get it then. Yeah. Because if you well, look for color and striping out of the two holdbacks. That would be the ones that would be producing, and if you yeah. give me the other two best female and male, then I'll do it too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. I've created yeah. a monster. Um, yeah, it's horrible. The other, the other thing that I wanted to put it to, and eventually I will do this pairing, but I, I don't know. And this is a this is a, a long time pairing, and I know people are probably going to say nuts, and. Maybe it's been done and and people keep it hush hush. Um, I forgot super but, caramel tigers as well as ghost tigers in my bucket of tigers. I'm sorry. Continue. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so I'm very curious to find out, and I can't believe that nobody's done this. Is a granite tiger? Um, I would imagine that it would be probably something similar to what you see with the zebra and the tiger. And my feeling, my gut tells me is like zebra and granite are kind of like in the same, you know, neighborhood, so to speak. Kind of, yeah. I think genetically they would probably, and this could all be total bullshit, by the way. It's just my thoughts. Um, that, That it would probably yield similar results. However, if you don't try something like that, how do you know... Well, <laughs> my 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 thinking is now when you did the tiger to the zebra jag, you didn't really get too much organization in the patterns of the zebras. But no, 
zebra with the zebra tiger jags, you kind of got a little bit of some baldness in the back area, I think, or some organization on some of them, which, but nothing too extreme. Now, right. The problem, I think, the problem with that clutch though is that that female in particular really wasn't that well striped. Which right. exactly. difference is this animal is pretty much perfectly striped. But then take that to the next step. Now you have these zebra jags that have tiger blood in them. If I take that zebra jag and cross the back to the tiger, will that be when we see the organization? So case in point, we have the granite. A granite to a tiger, you're going to get a bunch of tigers at granite. Now breeding the tigers together, two tigers had granite to each other. You got a double dose of tiger in there, and then you got a double dose of granite. Are you going to see a bunch of tigers and then a bunch of granites, and not to be able to tell, like, I mean, like, is that is that it exactly? Like, yeah. are you going to be like, I think this is a tiger granite. What makes you that? I don't know. It looks like everything else. <laughs> so yeah. Like, looks like, like all the other granites. So it's like at that point, is it like, well, fail? It's like then we're done. Or are you get, going to get something? Because when you breed jag to both zebra and granite you have a severe reduction in the busy pattern of both those animals. So will that happen with tiger is what you're trying to get at, right? Right. My money, unfortunately, is on nah. I I probably would. I would probably agree, and I think that's probably why everybody has shied away from that that pairing because they think that the results are not going to be are going to be worth it. Yeah. But here is where um, I know Chris Salemi will agree with me on this. Here's where my money is on this type of animal. Is that Go on. when you look at a zebra het granite, take everything else off the table, just a zebra het granite, and then uh-huh. granite zebras. Um, but now we're just talking het. So you just infuse that Irian uh, Jaya blood into that you know, uh, jungle. And those animals are freaking cool looking, you know. Um, it's like a crazy dark, I, I, I don't know. It, it reminded me of when I had my female as a baby. She reminded me of what you look like, what a baby alligator looks like. That same type mm. of pattern and that same type of look. Um, color-wise, that's what it reminded me of. So, um, I think that if you could somehow just get those that kind of color and just infuse striping into it, I think that would be cool. But I don't know if that's no, possible but, or not. But, but who carried probably that kind of color? Is that, well, who carried that kind of color? I mean, that blackish kind of baby alligator kind of look, was that a result of the zebra gene? For the jungle portion of it, or was that a part, or was that the Iron Jaya, or was that them working together? And will you never get anywhere near that with the coastal blood? Well, it's very possible. And that what about won't. diamonds? <laughs> it, well, diamonds are, you know, <laughs> they're. Uh, diamonds, though. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. So. That's, that's where we don't cross the so, line. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I got it. I got it. So I'm just saying no. is that you're exactly correct. You're not going to know until you try. So you should you should you should try. Because right. who the hell knows? You might breed a tiger head granite to a tiger head granite, and all of a sudden you get an animal that has uh, that, that looks like one of those you know um, 
retic morphs where like the pattern's going down the back, but then it's like bald on the sides. I mean, Paul, you freaking know you might do that. Then what the hell do we do? Well, so. yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing of it is, is that if you look at a super zebra granite, right? Super zebra granite. Um, look like Macaulay's pythons. Would you have ever thought that that's what that animal was going to look like? I wouldn't have. No, I have a that. completely yellow head and then the weird speckling down the, the back. No, hell no. I thought it would have just been a patternless snake, but it would have looked brown instead. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I thought, that's what you. I would have thought it looked like. Um, you never freaking know. And, well, we haven't even seen – have you seen an adult version of one of those in a while? Because I, I know Paul must have one or two, but I haven't really yeah. seen too many people recreate that thing. So, you're like, yes, I well, have four. I'm like, so it's like <laughs> – um, yeah, the uh, the super zebra stuff is kind of uh, I don't know. That's kind of difficult when you get the morphs crossed into it. I'll tell you that the um, unfortunately the zebra, the super zebra, super caramel possible. Ja- I don't think it had jag in it because it, it it wasn't loopy. The problem is is that with you can't really tell when when those babies are young. Like yeah. I've seen some jags that are normal up until you know you try to breed them, and then all of a sudden they mm. fall out. They lose their damn minds. Yeah, it's all jaggy, and then you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's. I guess it's whether or not you're willing to accept that or not. And it's, you know, that's a line that you have to decide for yourself. But <clears throat> um, I don't know. I, I you know. I don't know if it was just bad luck with that, which I'm assuming it, it maybe is, because I know that people have produced super caramel super zebras, and I know people have produced super zebra jags, and I know, you know, but this one in particular, um, when it was born, um, it had that, what I believe was an enlarged heart. Um, mm. I I struggled with whether or not I should call it or not. Um, I was convinced not to call it, you know, um, Give it a shot, maybe, yeah. maybe it would survive. Um, it went for about three weeks and it, and it didn't eat, um, which is no, that doesn't really phase me at all, you know? And then yeah. I, I, I offered it food and it took, and I was like, well, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe this is a good thing, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it will grow into its heart. Yeah. You know, so I kind of, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I kind of just kept trying it and ate three times, and then I came in and and then it passed. Um, I don't yeah. know what had happened, but it just took a meal, and then that night it it it, it died. Um, so, I mean, you know, that's I, I guess like a lot of people don't talk about the bad side of breeding or the you know the deaths and the and the the, the animals with no eyes and all that kind of crazy shit that happened. No, no, I had one with no just, face. It had no top. Head and it was in yeah. the egg, just like chilling. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you get the bad stuff. You know, I have the I have the two headed one floating in a jar upstairs in the quarantine room because I hatched a two headed carpet python. It was cool. So yeah. you're exactly correct. People don't talk about the weird stuff, but you know, sometimes you get you get bad luck. Sometimes you get the malformed, the weird ones. Sometimes you get the one baby that hatches out and never, ever, ever wants to eat and eventually dies. Sometimes you get the one that hatches out of its egg, hatches into its neighbor's egg, and then drowns because it can't find its way out. So, <laughs> yeah, that was two yeah. years ago, and he was too stupid to live, apparently. So, so you had a baby crawl out of its egg and into another yeah. egg, and then it drowned yeah. in the other egg. Yes. He pipped, Did the other baby die? 
No, the other baby came out. So um, oh. <laughs> this baby was chased out by his brother. So this baby tips. So I cut the little window. There it is. It pokes its head out and, like, cuts the membrane and takes its first breath. It was the brightest red caramel I'd ever freaking seen. So I'm like, ooh, hello. He goes back in the egg. And, and the reason I found out what happened to him is because I tried to figure out where the hell he went. He went back in the egg. He used, I guess, uh, I guess, because I, 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 I cut him with scissors. I pipped for him. So I guess he still mm-hmm. had the egg tooth. So he slices mm-hmm. the egg in the side and crawls into an egg that was at the center of the clutch pile and got lost. And the other baby, like, went out through the slit that it had made and left. So he's stuck in that egg, and he's, I guess, couldn't find his way out and just drowned in the yolk. So, Yikes. Um, but when I didn't see that super red caramel out, I'm like, well, where the hell did he go? Checked his egg, saw the slit, used my finger, poked it in, and found him in the other egg bed. And I'm like, well, all right, then. So he was just far too pretty and stupid to live. So sometimes it happens. Yeah. Yeah, I guess when you're dealing with, you know, I guess you got to understand when you're dealing with, uh, you know, live animals and just that thing, you you know, livestock means dead stock, you know, and things are going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. You're going to meet, you're going to have animals have weird you know, just drop dead, and you know, it's just like people, man. I mean, people just what did you die? What was it Eugene Bissett said to us? He's like, I've left a trail of tundra bodies longer than anybody <laughs> yeah. ever imagined behind me. Like, oh my yeah, God. I love that guy. <laughs> he, goes, he, goes, he goes, you guys, you guys have any idea how many of these things I've killed? <laughs> what? It's like, yeah. you know, you don't expect to hear that out of one of the top breeders of the species. But you also got to think about it: is that if you're in this long enough. And and you have as many animals as he had. You must have had a few bumps in the road, especially the species that you're trying to get established. Dear Lord, so yeah, yeah. you got to understand that as you know, with 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 the life and with all the clutches, um, obvious problems, obvious death, random stuff. I mean, there are some things you can prevent by your husbandry and taking care of your animals correctly, and then there are other things that you can never predict never prepare, and never have anything to do with Sometimes animals will just drop dead on you. Sometimes yep. they'll do stupid things like crawling into their brother's egg to die. Um, <laughs> it, it's just the way it goes. Yeah. So, hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't know if, uh, you know, if you have, um, I don't really have that many pairings going that, uh, you know, I mean, on large scale, thirteen pairings. Hopefully, um, I, I have twenty four. Twenty four. Twenty four. Okay. And where can yeah. people see said pairings? Are you going to put it on your Shut Facebook up. page? <laughs> or... It's already up. The pairings. I only I know. Um, the pairings are up on the on Rogue Reptiles Facebook page. I will put a full breakdown up on RogueReptiles.com. Um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to do it because I kind of want to duplicate what you've got going on, but I'm lazy. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. So, yeah, that's a lot of work. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. I'll probably try to do something like that so that people can keep track of each individual clutch and pairing because um, I've already observed locks on a few pairings, uh, like the uh, my caramel female to my caramel jag male, um, my red tiger jag boy to my red tiger female. We've already seen lots of both those animals. 
Um, but then, of course, like I, I, I'm pretty sure the tenon bars might have been locked, but I can't get close because the mail keeps tweaking out every time I come near them. So right. I don't know yet. Um, and there's a few other things like the uh, Dominican Red Mountain Boas because I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're, then there's, you know, uh, the all the animals we have on on loan and a few other things. So, uh, right, like did I, did I tell you that I took my uh, my uh, zebra jack, the boy I got from you, is breeding mm-hmm. to a diamond jungle female this year. That's cool. That'll make some nice yeah. babies. Yeah, Bill won me over with his diamond jungle zebra jack female yeah. thingy. Yeah. The hell yeah, I, I think. I think the 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 um the trick with the morphs um mm. if you're doing crosses is to add that diamond blood in there and um yeah I think it takes it takes it up a notch um definitely can uh you know see a difference between just the straight zebra jag as opposed to a diamond zebra jag you know I would agree yeah so I don't know. It should be uh should be a cool season, I think. Um I'm I'm pretty excited to to see uh see what hatches out for us and uh you know, everybody else. Um uh you know, I I I'm excited about the selective breeding potential for things as well as, you know, of course the more thing. That's kind of how I live. I kind of live in both worlds, you know. I really <laughs> dig the the uh just the, the straight forms of, of carpet pythons. And um, it's weird, though, that that, that doesn't tra- – and I also like the, you know, the, the, the crazy crosses and are they hybrids? Are they, you know, who knows, whatever you want to call it. But um, yeah. it's weird how that doesn't translate to other reptiles for me. Like I have no – when it comes – like if you look at chondros, right, I, I personally – I prefer the localities, you know, um, mm-hmm. which is weird because, you know, I don't know. Most people would go after the uh, the crosses, the blue ones, know. yeah, yep, blue and melanistic yep. and yeah, uh, high yellows and beautiful animals. And you know, yeah. uh, I'm not saying that I won't have them in particular, but with space being limited, I just see, uh, you know, nothing to me is better than a green snake with a white stripe. You know, that's to me is you know, the God ultimate culture. I mean, God help her culture when you move and you get like a full basement. I mean, I don't know <laughs> what the hell we're all gonna do. Uh, yeah. Well, like, I you think know. with me personally, what I've what I've realized is that to me, my passion, if you will, uh, lies with for the most part with these little ones that sort of uh, satellite around this whole concept is really the Australian reptiles. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to, um, like, for instance, you take olive pythons. Ign- ignore olive the pythons. one from South America. Yeah, like, when it comes to olive pythons in particular, you know, to me, uh, if I saw them never, I, I would not be drawn to them if I was not, because being into, I'm trying to say this right. So being in the carpet pythons, obviously, mm-hmm. I become uh, enamored with um, 
you know, Australia and what's going on in Australia. And then that leads you to other things. And then you realize that this is here and that is here. I'm not saying like, if you look at, um, Apadura, I have no mm. cool snake. Yeah, no, they don't, they don't do anything for me. Yeah. No, I, I'm not, I don't have any, like, I, I love seeing them. I, I, I can appreciate people that keep them. Uh, I think that uh, that 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 they're very very cool. Um, I'm sure seeing them in person, they're probably even cooler. Uh, but for some reason, I'm not I'm not drawn to them. You know, I have no no idea to want to keep them. Um, you know, and then you take something like an olive python. To me, I'm just looking at this snake that's just a brown snake, and I'm like, this is the baddest snake. You know, this is so cool. You know, somebody. I had somebody over here, and I'm like, check out the olive python. I'm like, look at a big brown snake. I'm like, get out of my room. It's, you know, <laughs> it's, <there's, laughs> it's like, they're, yeah. and, and then I have my cousin over here who's like, I would love some olive pythons. I'm like, you have never owned a snake before. Maybe this is not a good first one for you. So it's like, it's like, yeah, the two different times of spectrum, but it's like, I, I absolutely love my olives, and um, I think they're completely under underrated and uh-huh. I think that would all change if I get mine to breed and if I get babies I swear to God I'm going to bring my I'm going to bring my female to a Hamburg show I don't care if it's to find a way to build a brand new acrylic display to fit her in it um, if I bring her to a show and she sits there in her massive olive pythoniness glory um, people are going to be drawn to it because yeah. first off it's something you normally don't see. Because remember, I put a water python on a table, and people lost their damn mind. Yeah. Um, and you saw that at, the damn, at, at Tinley Bar with a Maclox python in the display. Yeah. I had to put not for sale because people kept trying to get it from me. So yeah. I just bought it. So it's like you got to understand with that stuff is that it's different, it's interesting, and people are going to be drawn to it. And that's what I absolutely love about the weird stuff. The unfortunate part is is that I keep wanting the weirder things. And I haven't talked to you about this, but you know the one thing that I kind of want to get on right now? Mm-hmm. I want to get two more pythons. Yeah. I, I, that, there, there's another example. For a long time, I was kind of enamored with them. Beautiful snakes, you know. They're gorgeous. Um, yeah. Um, they're like uh, very retic-esque, uh, yeah. you know, but in a smaller like package. A- it's like a retic and a white lip had a psychotic baby, and it's like there it is. So yeah, um, and I want it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so like Michael Cole has babies right now, and I'm like, Whoa. so I need to, but I need to be good. I need to stop. Did he produce? So. He produced or no, they're like, I, captive hatched? I think they're captive hatched, but they're young, and you, dude, that's what I want. I want little ones that I can raise. So. Yeah, I it's definitely for cool for, for another example of something that you know. So I don't know. Like I, I wonder, like if if part of the mystique for me with keeping, you know, carpet pythons has to do with the actual love of Australia. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that somehow that's twisted in my brain somehow that mm-hmm. you know, that has to do it. But for whatever reason, I'm really drawn towards uh, you know. For for uh, here's another example, you know. I am on this kick where I just freaking love Woma pythons. I don't know what it is. Man. Oh, God. Woma pythons. 
I just think are so freaking cool. And when you look at some of the selective breeding that people have done, and uh, man, you know they're they're just a badass snake. And you I know that they. Balin. What's that? Well, you should wait for Balin because he produces some killer womas like every year, and he apparently has like this trio that he's like, oh, yeah, they're bulletproof. He's like, it's like clockwork. And he got them completely by accident, but he absolutely loves them because they just, they eat, they breed, and they produce really good-looking babies. And he has Wilma's like every year. Well, every year. When I was researching Wilma's and, and really looking at them and finding out, you know, more about them and their natural history and all that kind of stuff, one of the things that I came across was this video, and it was by, I think his name is Rob Red. Brett, Brett, Brett Lye, right? So he's the guy, his dad was the guy that, you know, found that, I shouldn't say found. Brett Lye is their name for? Brett, Brett oh. Lye's are named after. I don't know if he found them or he didn't. I don't think he did. But anyway, uh, that's that's not important. What is important yeah. is is that this guy had a show, and it's similar to what Steve Irwin type of, type of show, um, and he went through Australia and you can find it on YouTube and I think it's in three parts, maybe four parts. The the kicker mm-hmm. of it is, is that the King Horn Eye, which is the last snake he finds, is not I can't find that video. So if some I think the what it's called is Killer Instinct and it's uh Australian Python. So you can look it up on YouTube. But um he goes <clears throat> and he finds Walmas and he's showing this observation um when they're in the desert right and the sand mm-hmm. is so hot they kind of like they they don't lay flat on the sand at any given point they're sort of like i guess it's like maybe sidewinder-esque like sidewinder yeah yeah they kind of like they go in a straight they don't they don't move like a sidewinder like they don't do that s uh serpentine type of walk they're walking mm-hmm. in a straight line but at any point there's only two points on the ground it's not like they're flat on the ground you know, well, I guess in certain areas where the sun is super hot and the sand is super hot and, you know, but they're basically, which I just thought was the coolest thing, you know, but I don't know. You think about back in the days of Walmart Python and how much money they were and like, you know, how, they were, they were were. you know what I mean? Yeah. And now they're like, for lack of better word, I don't know. They're kind of like garbage snakes almost, you know, like. I mean, there is definitely the people that are, you know, love walma pythons and aspidites mm-hmm. and stuff. But, you know, I, I just think you don't see them getting the love that, you know, like. Well, it's like walmas are like the uglier, nerdier, younger brother of the blackhead. So it's like everybody wants blackheads. Everybody's yes. enamored with blackheads. Here's an animal that's kind of like a blackhead. Oh, no, 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 we don't want that one. It's like, well, but they're. You know, Wilma's are gorgeous in certain um, kinds of things. It's like uh, I had a trio, and the females were evil, evil bitches, but the male was really nice, and he was prettier than all of them. I didn't breed them. I ended up getting fed up with them and selling them, you know, and I haven't had anything expedited since then. But uh, I can definitely see the appeal of a Wilma. A really nice sandy-colored Wilma with a bright orange head. That gorgeous head. Oh, yeah, with perfect and, banding and all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know what, dude? With the with some of the line breeding that's done with these things, you can get some killer-looking animals. I mean, and here's the other yeah. thing that where a lot of people don't, a lot of people are like, and here's the thing is that you'll never have a problem selling Wilmas, ever. 
Never, no. ever, in my opinion. Because it's like, it, it, people will obviously be like, oh, it's a weird ass snake. But other people are always willing to buy it. Other people are always willing to give them shots. And people are always, like you said, are expedited people. Even then, there are people who deal with other animals that just want a pair of pythons that, and will almost click right into it. So, basically, I'm telling you right now, Balin produces like two clutches a year. And he has never, ever, ever had any problem selling his walnuts. They're only yeah. like the first thing's gone. So, you know, it, it, if you're on a walnut kick right now, man, you're on a walnut kick. So, <laughs> yeah. Knock yourself out. I'm on a. I'm on a. I'm still on an Indo kick. I, I, you know, if I can get out of 2015 without a pair of Timor pythons coming to me, I think I've succeeded. So, <laughs> you got a few weeks left, man. Oh, dear. Oh, thank God. So, it'll be over soon. Um, but I, I, I just think those things would be cool, and I dig them. But I'll wait. Um, so, so yeah, that's what you're looking to add to the collection for 2016. Is, uh, some no, I'm more looking to, uh, well, here's the thing. I finally got the gold white lips where I want them. I have a pair of captive born and bred babies that I'm raising up. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm actually getting another, I'm getting a baby girl that was born in Pennsylvania, that was hatched in Pennsylvania. I'm getting her probably Saturday. So I'll have a trio of gold that were all captured, born and bred. So the first okay. thing is I need the blacks. The first thing is I need the blacks. And I don't care if I have to fly to Kentucky and throw the money at Chad Gray. I will <laughs> walk you away with a pair of blacks. Yeah. You, you, like, you saw me at Tinley when he offered me those pair of blacks, and I couldn't do it. It's yeah. like part of Owen's soul was, like, crushed. So it, it, And then he came like, back around again and said, hey, man. I know. I, uh, he didn't leave. I just, I just I'll give you a special discount. Uh, like, you're a Morelia uh, Python radio guy. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Somehow it became my to... fault. <laughs> it was. It was your fault. I don't know why, but it was. Yeah. I think I took my wallet out and like threw it. It's like I didn't, I, I couldn't, it couldn't be near me. So <laughs> it's like, huh. so it, it, those, those have to happen. They have to happen because I've been wanting them, and I've been, for lack of better words, dicking around with these wild caught and captive hatched animals for years, and doing the stupid thing of buying other people's animals that they've raised up from babies. And, and No, we're not doing that. I want a pair of captive born and breds from somebody like Chad that I can raise up myself, and that will be the best chance I have of reproducing these animals. And that's right. what I want. I want to set myself up for success. I don't yeah. care if it takes four years, seven years, because you know what? If I had just bit the bullet and bought the captive born and breds when I first started getting into the white lips, I'd have four-year-olds right now. Yeah. that are getting ready to breed. So, you know, rather than spending all the money and the time with the stupid wild caughts, I don't like wild caughts, cats attached, if I can avoid it. I'm done with it now. So I will get my white lips, and then we will visit the team wars. Unless humans <laughs> and the ring pythons get in the way first. Um, <laughs> we do have to go to Australia at some point. So the other reason we have to have a good season, all my snake money got, like, beat up because... I like to take the money that I make from, you know, selling and breeding babies, and then I can use it to, you know, buy the snakes that Owen wants. When there are no babies, <laughs> the money for the snakes <laughs> come out of Owen's pocket. So right. uh, um, we kind of don't want that anymore. 
So, but I'll get there. Yeah, yeah. I think I think for me, um, it's tough because there's a lot on my want list for 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that um, probably the one that I would probably want the most. Um, man, that's a tough one. Um, I think I have to add rough scales in there. I that think. was I was about to say. Yeah, um, like, you're, you're, that's the other problem. If Nick produces rough scales, um, I'm probably gonna want you know another girl. So I might end up just buying more rough scales. So yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, it, it's just kind of one of those things. Especially if Ronless is the one that produces them. So. Um, it would be, I'll probably end up just getting some more rough scales too. So, but it's one of those things. And I do think that's something you have to add to your project, but I mean, who the hell knows? Cause you might get into it and, you know, or you might be going towards getting the rough scales and then buy a pair of Womas or something else might appear that you might want, or we might get into something else. It's like, we never freaking know. Yeah. Um, it just, it's weird. Uh, I Ryan's breeding Dunn's pythons this year, maybe. So yeah, that, see, that's another one for me. Like I know, I, I get totally get why you want them, you know, because it's yeah. the same thing for for you know for me when it comes to. I guess it's like for me, it's like Australian pythons, like completing the set. So I get the whole. Um, Elias is uh, completing the set, so to speak. I get that, you know, working with yeah. all the different species. Um, so really, my long-term goal is to work with all the species that, you know, Australian pythons is is kind of the idea, you know. Um, uh, definitely walnuts, but walnuts is nothing, you know. They're 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're yeah. <laughs> they're, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're. they're there are, there's like a day's works, like you know what I mean. That's it. Yeah, it's know? like it's like when I got the freaking uh, Amazon tree bows. It's like, well, that was sixty dollars, and now we'll see how this goes. Yeah, which is fine with me. I don't care. Sometimes you gotta do that. It's like I'm sitting here and I have those corn snakes, and, and it, the, the the rack that the corn snakes live in is not full. It's got two slots open on it. I'm like, you know, should I just get a pair of Cali Kings? Because they're Cali Kings, and we can produce Cali Kings, and now I'll have little baby Cal Kings to sell at the shows, the next to the little corn snakes. And those were my first snakes ever, and I always kind of liked Cal Kings, but, uh-huh. you know, it's like, eh, do I, do I don't? That's another colubrid. They shit everywhere. <laughs> um, do you really want yeah. that? If we're going to do if we're gonna do another colubrid, do you want to just go get the rhinos? Rhinos cost a lot of money. It's like, <laughs> God damn it. So it's like you could take the rhino money and use that for, like, inlands, and you can just get a pair of Cal Kings with the change that you have in the drawer of <laughs> So It's like, yeah. um, it's certain things like that. So it's, you know, you're tempted, and I swear to God, if the Amazon tree bows don't breed this year, they're gone because I've had enough of the boa experiments. So, um, yeah, <laughs> get the hell out of here. So, um, 
it's just like, and that, and it comes down to it. It's like looking at these boas and looking at various other animals that are in my collection, and looking at some of the animals that I want. It's like you're here and you're pissing me off, and you Timors could go where you are. So it's like um, it's very stuff like that. So yeah, I you know I I think of. Um... Uh, you know, another one that I, I, I've been eyeing for a long time is um, actually me and uh, Buddy were talking about it with uh, Matt at um, Carpet Fest. Pygmy mm-hmm. pythons, you know. Um, again, really? not, you, you don't see a whole lot. Well, yeah, I really, you know, it's weird that I, I have a pair of children's pythons. And yes. again, nothing flashy, nothing crazy, just straight, you know, VPI lineage. Um the uh, me- the female was produced by um, uh, Australian addiction uh, reptiles, mm-hmm. and the male came from um, Pets at Sunset, um, which I got through Dave Kelly. Um, and uh, you know, I I really I really dig them, man. They're just like this tiny, tiny, uh, tiny python. You know, and like then you look at pygmy pythons and they're even smaller. You know, and I, I'm just, yeah, like uh, I, I, hills and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what they are. You know, for senses. Yeah. Um, uh, just a cool snake, especially if you get those ones that have that really, really red. You know, like that. Yeah. Kind of Australian sand color type of thing. Um, it's it's a cool species. You know, if if we're talking about outside of. You know, and again, I, I'm not in any rush for these. Um, Angolans is probably the one species of, of python that I that I like that is outside of the realm of my Australian. Of course, there's the bloods, but I think my blood collection is, is pretty much where I want it to grow these guys up mm-hmm. and breed some, you know. Um, I really like the Sumatrans out of the whole group. Um, so... I'm kind of happy with those. Um, I, I don't see myself really adding anything else. I mean, at one point, I'd like to add a golden eye simply because I'd like to make a pixel. But, um, you know, I can see myself just maybe at some point buying a pixel, <laughs> you know, maybe when the price comes down. See, that, that, that comes down to it every once in a while. You're just like, eh, I got it. It's like, you know, whatever. It, yeah. It, and 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 what I find with my guys, and well, I know we talked about the duns, is like duns are almost, in my opinion, somewhere between a maclots and a savu, uh-huh. which is cool to me because uh-huh. it's like looking at all my lads. You got the you have the monsters, which are the olives, then you have the max, which come in there, and then you have the savus, which are the tiny psychos, and you have the water pythons, which are the you know the veins from the fiery pits of hell. So the duns, I would like to fit into, like, kind of in between the olives and the max, where it's like, it's kind of like a max, but it looks a little different, and it's cool. And the snouts mm-hmm. seem a little bit longer, more olive python shaped, so they, they look cool. They would be something I would want to add. Do I necessarily have to add them next year? No. Can it wait? Yeah, probably. But yeah. to know that they're here and they're being worked with by people like, Nick and Ryan, I, now I know where they are. It's, uh, okay, search over. It's like those guys did all the legwork, and they went like crazy to the ends of the earth, tracking these animals down, and now they have them, and now I'm going to reap the benefits of them doing all the work. 
So <laughs> like, eventually when they're breeding, I'm just going to be like, hey, Nick, uh, can I get a pair of Duns? And then, like, I'll be like, success, Duns. It's like I didn't do any work. I did nothing. I sat on my ass and waited for those guys to get done with it. So, yeah. um, and, and that's what I'm going to love about it, though, is to have all of them in one place. I think it would be cool. Um, that and glasses is just cool to me. Got if somebody got oh, me yeah. the glasses before Morelia, there could have been some issues. So yeah, well, they're cool snakes for sure. You know, I mean, yeah, I love my Maclot pythons. You know, I actually I like them. I like them so much that I thought I, I I saw that adult. I went out and I bought a male. I got rid of well, I gave that male to you, and then I like them so much. Snake. Yeah, yeah and I like them <laughs> that I went and bought them again. You know, I had to, yeah. I had to get them, um, which I'm glad I well, did sure. because the female I have is just oh, oh god, out of this world, gorgeous. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, here's the other thing is that you know you're well on your way too. You have Max and Olives, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But see, I, I'm I'm I would much rather have um, you know Buffy, like you're right. Uh, I'll send you mine. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd like to get the Northern Territory ones that some people are working with over here. I think yeah. uh, I think that would be cool to have you know a quote unquote locality type. Um, another high one up on my list is blackheads. Um, yeah, I have I have one now, but I think that it's time to sort of work with them for real. Um, I see some of the stuff that like uh, K Brothers is doing. Uh, yeah, crazy, crazy they stuff that they have. But again, like very different, different snake. Um, if you've never worked with them, they're very monitor esque. Um, definitely different than carpets. <laughs> you know, they're almost like thinking and looking at you yeah. and like. I, I know people have said that, you know, like Derek has talked about that before, but um, definitely a, a cool thing. I think one of the drawbacks with some of these species is the fact that, you know, their their babies basically eat geckos and other snakes and reptiles and uh, right. going when they're babies, which has always kind of steered me away from uh, from breeding them. But I don't even think it's about breeding them anymore. Like, it would be cool if I do it. i love to experience it, but um, I just want to keep them uh, because I think they're uh, cool snakes. So, I don't know. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of what ifs in the 2016 year, uh, for sure. It's all right. I, I've been looking at uh, Gila Monsters. So, Gila Monsters? Gila Monsters. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, My dude, dad will definitely work. want to come and visit your stuff then, for sure. Oh, God. Uh, if, That's if his were, favorite. If they, were, if they were cheaper, I'd already have three. But it's they. Um, we used to work, we used to have them at the zoo, and they're like little bulldogs in lizard form. I swear to God, they got such attitude, but they're uh-huh. so easily defeated by hooks. It's like once you hook them, they're like, oh, damn it. They just kind of yeah. hang there. And it's like, but then you put them right back down, they're like, nah, hitting, twirling, and but they don't really do too much, and they eat very gently. They need to have a dish. You can tong feed them. The only issue comes is when you try to breed them and they try to kill each other. And it, but they're gorgeous and they they're 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 very pretty animals. And I would just love a pair of Gila monsters. I don't know why, yeah. but I just want a pair of Gila monsters. So I would even take I would even take one just as a pet. So yeah. 
I mean, outside of the realm. Now, now you're talking outside of the realm. Of now the we're name. talking way out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's that's a definite that's going to happen in 2016 is um, a blue tongue skink. Um, I, I that think. Uh, you didn't he? <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, I fought it for a long time, a long, long time, but. The more and more that I see uh, what people are working with, and uh, there's, they're just they're cool reptiles. Um, I can see the draw. The problem that I've always steered away from them is I hate the whole, you know, look at my skink with a top hat, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Mister Mister McHugh is settling down for some. You know, you know, <laughs> Andrew's Andrew's coming and he's taking all his lizards uh, out of here. Um, tomorrow, so the top, the the tanks upstairs will be empty again. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, well, I got to put something in there until the diamonds are big enough. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going through stuff. I'm like, I got to always get a skink. I'm like, if I got a skink, and I took a picture of it every day wearing a hat and sent it to Zach, how long would it take for him to kill me? It's like yeah. you know, there's. I was just sitting there going, like, I could just do this, and then I could go straight to the store and buy every single like doll hat I found and then be like one a day straight to Zach but it 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 wasn't worth it enough for me. But it's like I, I've heard we've heard all these things. We see them as coming as as the next up and coming thing. Zach every once in a while uh blows up the uh little thread we have where we talk about this stuff with all these different skinks and some of them are gorgeous and freaky looking. The 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 belly of that one shingleback that he sent us with that yeah. weird pattern. And it looked almost like a like a freaking rug. It was insane. So maybe you can do well with your blue tongue skink. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, two there's two things behind that. One, I think it's a it's a cool reptile. And the other thing is is that the more and more I do this, the more and more like uh my my niece and nephew have been hounding me about coming and giving a you know, like showing the reptiles to the kids at school and yes. stuff like that. And yes. um you know, when I did the show by myself and I, I I'm talking about my first introduction to reptiles, it really kinda really kind of solidified for me how important that is to uh to for people to do especially with young kids because you know i i'm forever whether you want to say damaged or whether you want to say it's a good thing mm-hmm. or a bad thing um you know seeing that snake uh at that you know at the natural history museum and 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 you know touching it and just being just amazed by it um, really in a, in a lot of ways changed my life, you know? I mean, so to have that kind of effect on people, especially when you're talking young people, you have the ability to really, uh, sort of, uh, you know, shape their, their minds and their perceptions about things. So, you know, if, if they're not introduced to these things at a young age, they may grow up with fears or misunderstandings, Mm -hmm. which leads to fear and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I've really been thinking about that, but one of the things that's held me back is is that, you know, I I mean, yeah, my carpet pythons are cool, but <laughs> who's going to know not, the difference just, between a coastal and an inland? Yeah, so. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they're going to be like, okay, yeah. that's, uh, you know. Snake. So, I see snake. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I so, mean, like, 
Dude, dude, I used to do educational programs. You brought, I brought an albino Burmese python. Is that an anaconda? And then it's almost like, no, you don't, you can't say that. You gotta like, you know. So you're exactly correct. They aren't gonna know the difference. So right. having a skink or an animal like that, a bearded dragon, or a few other things, would be great to show off to kids. Yeah, so. that's that's kind of the idea. You know, I want to somehow. Cool. I want to somehow tie it into uh, to an Australian theme type of you know type of thing, and oh. that's kind of like then, then we should get you a death adder. Those would be great. To bring to a <laughs> yeah, show to kids. <laughs> Come yeah. off, kids. You know, look. If um, I poke it, it gets really pissed. So it, I yeah. think I just think that long term, you know, those type of uh, introductions, you know, even if they don't necessarily grow up to be reptile keepers, um, they may grow up to have a better appreciation for the environment. And for me, I guess Australia is the, uh, the holy temple when it comes to environment, you know, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the promised land, so to speak, you know, um, uh, I don't know. So that's, that's kind of the, the, you know, to grab a bearded dragon. I was going to say to you this weekend, like when you're in Hamburg, like how much can a bearded dragon cost? What, 50 bucks? Oh, dear God, I can, like, I can get you one for free. People are like, please, God, take this. I mean, like, you know, yeah. that that's, certain animals you, you can get like that, and unfortunately they're usually the ones that end up in a rescue. And, you know, it's – but if you could take an animal from a bad situation or a rescue group, and use it as a as a, as an educational program. I think that's some of the best stuff you can do. Um, yeah. And here's the other thing: is what you said. They don't they don't necessarily have to grow up to be reptile people, but maybe they grow up to be animal people. And those yeah. animal people respect not just the furry and cuddly animal, but all animal. And we stop having the uh, various other things. I think the thing that's running around the internet now is everybody lost their minds over a woman taping a dog's mouth shut. And of course, right out of that came pictures of the the rattlesnakes with their mouth sewn shut. And it's like, well, what's the difference here? So it's like, you know, if you can get more people to kind of see that there's not really that big of a difference there. Yeah. Who the hell knows? You know, people you, are fucking want... retarded, man. When it comes Thank to that you. shit, that makes of me so mad. Are. I'm glad you brought that up because I tell you what, I am, I, I am regretting it. But go ahead. It, it took every ounce of me. Like I have really kind of shied away from face Facebook altogether. You know, I'm yeah. just kind of just I'm so fucking done with the bullshit. I'm just I'm done, man. You know, it's just, yeah. I don't give a shit. You know, I'm done. Right. Um, I have the groups that you know go on and like stuff, and I talk messages, and I update our pages and all that kind of stuff. But other than that, mm-hmm. that, that drama bullshit is done with me. I like yep. my reptile too much to be worrying about what the fuck you think. You know what I mean? <laughs> I care about what I think and what is going on in my reptile room. If you don't like that, right. fuck off. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> that's all I can say. But um, when I seen that and like people were actually, oh man, I, I'm, I'm reading this thing and I'm like, are you are you kidding me that, that, that there's actually people in the world that are so fucking stupid that they think that somehow that that's okay, um, that yeah. somehow this is legitimate. And it's like, are you kidding me? Are you Just people today are just fucking dumb, man. It's just dumb. Of course. Just, you know, these Facebook – it, it's going to be the death of us <laughs> in the world. I mean, the like – whole society shot the shit, knew it's going to happen. So, yeah, it's, it's, 
and and the double standard is obviously out there with people posting up pictures of snakes they killed in the garden and other stuff like that. It's like these people shot this dog, we're gonna make them famous and have them arrested. These people, this guy shot a snake with a nail gun, isn't it cool? Everybody likes. So it's like yeah. it's, the double standard is there, and it's a disgusting double standard. And anybody who is an animal person, per se, should not be victim to that double standard. If it's an animal, I don't care what it is. It deserves the right to be treated humanely. Yeah. You know, and that, and and then now I'm telling you right now, I absolutely love eating, you know, meat and everything else. But I would like it if my food was killed swiftly and humanely within the guidelines of various government agencies. And those government agencies should make sure that the animals are put to death humanely. Now I understand that there's a big problem with a lot of other crap with you know housing of certain animals and blah, 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 blah. Hopefully that all changes. But what I'm saying is basically, no matter what the hell it is, snake, spider, mollusk, animal, it should be mammal, whatever, should be treated humanely. Well, yeah, you're right. And, you know, I've had people, uh, you know, from my background dealing with the food industry, okay, so I've had people actually come up and complain to me about the fact that we sell, you know, meat and all this kind of shit. Meanwhile, they're in fucking leather shoes. Are you kidding me? (laughs) You got a leather belt on. Where do you think that that came from? The the goddamn leather fairy brought it to (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) You know, I'm just like, uh, uh, oh, oh, man, it takes uh, uh, people. They're just so fucking stupid, man. Oh, my God. It drives me nuts. I'm like, are you serious right now? You're serious. You know? And then you get people come in. People, I swear to you, they come in. uh, um, One of the things that I've thought about, right, is that, I've thought about, I've talked to this with my dad because my dad used to hunt and I'm Mm -hmm. somewhat not, I'm somewhat into this because I used to cut meat and fish for a living. So like when you're butchering all day, obviously I understand where that came from. You know what I mean? But I think that for a whole new appreciation of where your food comes from is to go out and hunt it and kill it and eat it. You know, if you... I see these people all the time that will sit there and argue with you about the fact that, you know, it's wrong to hunt and this person posted up a picture that they killed a deer and they posted up a picture on Facebook that they killed a deer. Oh, that's so wrong. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. But this person should be. What do you mean? You're eating a fucking McDonald's hamburger. Is your rightness? Are you kidding me? Listen, I have no problem hunting if you're going to eat the animal. Um, yeah. But, Not you know, and, and that, that's totally cool. If you're trophy hunting, you know, just do me a favor, eat the damn lion, and then I won't have any problems with you. So yeah. it, <laughs> I'm not saying that you did illegally and all that kind of stuff, yeah. but at the same but, point, it's like certain parts of that, it's like, okay, you know, Eugene said this perfectly. I think he, he basically said that if you want – an animal to be worth anything. You know what I mean? You can't just, like, you have to give it ec- economic value. You can't just say, oh, yeah, we love we love chickens, you know? They're just cool. They're like little Tyrannosaurus Rex. Isn't it awesome? Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. Oh, but they Don't sure do make a nice sandwich. <laughs> no. Oh, you put a little barbecue sauce on it, now everybody wants the damn thing. So... But yeah, uh, that all that all comes around with that stuff. But um, 
it's just funny watching that stuff. And if you can get – you get one person out of your educational programs to care about this kind of stuff. Yes. That, that, that's what, that, that all that is worth it, everything. Your travel time, your aggravation, your having to deal with a bearded dragon in your house, all of it is worth it. <laughs> well, the cool thing so, is, is that my wife has volunteered to take care of said bearded dragon. Ha! But now she can get back. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I've had several bearded dragons, and I'm like, you have no, this every day. What's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> you're like yeah. a dog, and yeah, exactly. Annoying. So it's like you know, it and bugs, and get the hell out of here. So it, I've had beardies. I don't want to do beardies anymore. But um, yeah, I've had a, a, a pretty big group, and it was it was a lot. No, I'm not talking about a group. I'm talking about one. <laughs> you yeah, know. But, one, you one, can, one you can set up. One you can set up, and you're like, "Here you go, you're freaking good. Here's your salad." And then every once in a while, you're like, "In here, do be your roaches." Hooray! You yeah. walk away. Yeah. <laughs> Life is good, you know. Life is good for but, you. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just it's just funny how desensitized people are. Like they, it's funny you watch them and they show up into the supermarket. They go back into the to the meat department and see the guy in the white coat, and they go and they they pick up their little pink package of meat and they think like oh isn't this nice uh you know like somehow animals didn't have to die in order for you to live you know you dumb shit good lord (laughs) educate yourself jeez anyhow i i i do um i do love venison it is delicious so I've been tempted to uh, go out and try to go out with Andrew and do a hunting trip for some venison. So, but I think unfortunately, I, I, just, I am a terrible shot. So I'd end up just like hitting everything but the deer. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think you you gain a whole new respect for animals and life itself with that kind of. Uh, you know, I remember when I was young because I did love animals so much, uh, and I still do. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I want to go out and uh, just kill animals, like I'm on some kind of killing rampage or something like that. But Sorry, yeah. <laughs> at the same point, like it's so hypocritical for people to just think that somehow, like these little slabs of meat that show up on your little pink boat, that somehow, like you know, oh well, this is just fabulous. <laughs> You know, it doesn't work that way, you idiot. You know, so they have no concept of where it came from or the animals or the conditions that the animals that man, I, I've seen that. And some of it is, it, it, I, I'll tell you what, I was a vegetarian mm. for six years, six years. It had nothing to do with other than the fact of working behind the scenes and seeing what it takes to put those pieces of meat in a pink boat. It's just like, dude, mm. I can't. I can't, you know what I mean? So, right. <laughs> I mean, I had to cut it because I had to make a living and this is what I was doing yeah. and this is all I knew how to do, but um at the same point, uh, I'm not I didn't eat it, but but yeah. cheese steaks sure are yummy, man. <laughs> they are delicious. <laughs> yes, they are. They are they are they are delicious, which is what draws that always brings you back. Like I can never eat meat. Ooh, <laughs> it's like you know that you're done. It's over. So. I'll tell you what, you become yeah. you become desensitized, right? And this fact that you kind of forget like what that tastes like, you know what I mean? And then right. I remember 
I was at I was playing a gig and I was drunk and I came back and they were like, <laughs> "Hey man, we ordered cheesesteaks." And I was just like, "You know what? I'm I'm fucking hungry. Screw it. I'm getting down." You know? And goddamn, was that the best cheesesteak I ever had in my life? Good lord, that was good. But any we are so far off topic now. <laughs> yes, we are. We've now somehow talked about butchering, hunting, and eating cheesesteaks. Because cheese we're silly uh, boys, and this is how it works out. Everything leads back to cheesesteaks. Yeah, so. that's right. No Swiss. Anyway. <laughs> no. No. That's sacrilege. Yes. Uh, so, all right. Well, we're about out of time anyway. Um, so, I guess we will uh, wrap it up and... Uh, call it a day um i guess we'll go down the list uh next week speaking of we talked about earlier blue tongue skinks uh the episode that we missed a couple weeks ago we'll be revisiting with zach Baez from dark side exotics and we'll be talking blue tongue skinks care species natural history what's available morphs all that kind of stuff some of the misconceptions about keeping them uh, there's some debate on whether or not, you know, certain things have to be provided to them, like UV lighting, and uh, some people get mad if you keep them in tubs. Some, be, you know, same same debate that you have with other things, but uh, everything else, yeah, yeah. Um, Zach's uh, pretty successful with keeping them. I think this coming year is going to be his first year breeding them. Uh, he knows a lot about them, and uh, I think he would be an awesome guest. So he's going to be uh, chatting it up. Uh, The week after that, we have our holiday show, and then we're out. Um, So uh, two more episodes left, and and then that's it for 2015. Uh, The calendars, like we said earlier, they should be uh, here any day. As soon as they're here in in the house, uh, I will uh, put up a post, and uh, they'll be available, and uh, I should be contacting people this week for their addresses so that we can send the winners off uh, their copies. Um, and at the start of the new year, all of the winners from this year will be up on uh, Um You can check that out. Um, and if you want to contact us uh, about a show idea, talk to us about maybe uh <clears throat> something that uh you would like to hear or maybe something that you heard that um really uh you thought was cool or maybe you thought was not cool uh you can send it at info at moreliapythonradio.com um like our facebook page you can follow us on twitter all at morelia python radio um let's see what else and i guess the only other thing that i have is myself is ebmorelia.com I just put up the 2016 uh, breeding page that we talked about throughout the show. So if you're interested in seeing any of those uh, pairings or what the animals are, um, you can go on over. Go to the uh, breeding diary. Click on the tab that says breeding diary. Go to 2016. And you'll be able to flip through and see all the pairings. Hopefully, I've finally narrowed it down to exactly how I want it to flow um, with mm-hmm. information. And, um, and I've kind of experimented with it for the last couple years, and I finally got it to where I want it. So all the updates uh, for the clutch and the info and uh, whether it was good or bad will be right there um, on the uh, on that page. Um, so 
be sure to check it out. I will not be shipping any more animals, so I won't be pushing anything, but I still will have animals available. So I guess the only chance that you have to get animals from me going forward, probably until spring, would maybe be at a Hamburg show or something like that, which I think, what's this Saturday, right? Saturday, yep. And then is there yep. one in what, February? There'll be works? one in February, yep. Right. Yep. So, It'll be in the later <laughs> February because like, they do it early December. Before it starts right. getting cold, and they do it again in like late February when it's starting to get a little warm. So, um, so yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. Um, uh, so if you want to contact me for anything, you want to get on the list. Uh, yeah, I will be doing list for the uh, for my 2016 season. That way, I kind of have an idea of you know who wants what. Um, send it to Eric at ebmorelia.com. As far as ebmorelia, you can follow me on. Uh, my Facebook page. You can follow me on Twitter, and I'm also on Instagram. Any of those spots work, and, and that's all I got. Cool. Okay, uh, what I got is I have the breeding journal for this year. It is on Rogue Reptiles Facebook. Uh, you can just go on Facebook, look up Rogue Reptiles, uh, give it a like, and you can check that out there. I will be posting it on the website probably in the next few days, uh, and that is rogue-reptiles.com. Uh, if you see any babies, we still have a few tigers, caramels, and caramel jags um, that you might be interested in. Let us know. Uh, we will be uh, vending the Hamburg Reptile Show, and that is this Saturday in Hamburg, Pennsylvania. Um, we do not have that many babies left, so if you see something you kind of want, uh, now would be the time to talk to us. Uh, and of course we'll keep everybody informed about, uh, pairings. And if anybody wants to get on a list for any of the 2016 pairs, uh, let us know they are subject to change as well as alterations as we kind of go through the season. Uh, and I'm not shipping anything either. So there, so we got that. Um, what we will say is thank you everyone for listening and we're going to catch everybody next week for some more Morelia Python radio. Good night. Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Pro Exotics. I've been herping since I was a boy, and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin Markland and I created the Reptile Report. The Reptile Report is our online news aggregation site bringing you the most up-to-date discussions from the reptile world. Visit thereptilereport.com every day to stay on top of the latest reptile news and information. We encourage you to visit the site and submit your exciting reptile news, photos, and links so we can feature outstanding breeders and hobbyists just like you. The Reptile Report offers powerful branding and marketing exposure for your business, and the best part is it's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex 
weight, morph, or other keywords and use our buy it now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the Marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad that also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buying or selling? Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit TheReptileReport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder. Then visit ShipYourReptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile-related. 